Hello, and welcome to Franchise Me. I am Andrew. And I'm Ryan. And this is the show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week we will talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down and seeing if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we will compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. This week, we discuss the crimes of Grindelwald as we discuss Fantastic Beasts, the crimes of Grindelwald. Andrew. Hello, my friend. Hi, buddy. How are you? Um, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing, you know, I actually think I'm doing better than last week. I'm doing better than last week. Not saying the movie's better than last week, but I'm doing better than last week. That's good. That's good. Um, how are how are you, my friend? I'm I'm the opposite. I mean, I <laughs> I, I don't think I am thrilled with what I saw, <laughs> but uh, definitely not better. I would say a little bit worse, but yeah. you know. Well, I I think that I had expectations for the Fantastic Beasts uh, and uh, Where to Find Them that I was, oh yeah, I remember really liking this movie. So I was, I felt like I kind of got slapped in the face like out of nowhere. Like I felt very surprised Mm -hmm. by what I saw and that's why I feel like I was very disgruntled last week. I feel like I was very frustrated. You were disgruntled. Um, It was, it was, it was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this week I knew, like we, again, since we did Philosopher's Stone, we've always pointed this movie and been like, it's not going to be great. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. I went into this with, I mean, literally expecting to like not be able to finish it. And uh, again, not to get into spoilers, but you know, I was, uh, I wouldn't say pleasantly surprised, but I was, I was surprised by like how I got through it. It was, it was pretty painless for me. So good for you. Uh, um, not saying it's a good movie. Not saying yeah, it's a good movie. But. Um, yeah, I, it was, it was a painful experience for me. I really struck. And maybe it's because I watched these so close together. I, I think that's what it is. Um, and I just, I, I couldn't sit through it again, but like, I, I definitely noticed things on my my second watch that I didn't notice the first time and it, it, it made it a bit more painful for me and I was like this is a real struggle to sit through I mean I told you I had to watch this in kind of two night two parts yeah I did like the first hour and 15 one night and then I did the second hour the next night that's how I did the first movie yeah that's what I did for this movie yeah. so we had opposite experiences <laughs> well like I said I think uh you know because I was familiar with this with this movie and and with you know it's it's definitely its reputation and 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 again not not to go into opinions or anything like that I like feel like I'm reluctantly uh, kind of a defender of this movie. Like you are. I don't. I don't like this movie. So why are you defending? I, I don't it, like Ryan? this movie. Why are you defending? But this everybody that I've seen is like this movie is the worst thing I've ever saw. This movie is horrendous. Sure. It's it's the worst franchise movie of all time. It's the worst. I don't see it. I don't. I don't see. I again not to get an opinion. Do I think this is a good movie? Hell no. Hell uh, no. Right. But like. Is this the most painful experience I've ever had in my life? No. Is this okay? Is this so, the worst movie I've ever seen in my life? No. It's far it is, from it. It's for me. It's a it's a painful experience. I don't think it's the worst franchise movie ever made, but I think there are a lot of problems, a lot of issues. I think it is like it is a struggle to sit through for me. But I I, I would say of Wizarding World movies to me. This is the worst one they've well, made. It, no, it, that that is like, true. and not just. I mean, a Fantastic Beast and, and Harry Potter. Potter. This yeah. is the worst one that has been made. Abs- I absolutely agree with you with that. But as far as problems and and issues with these movies, mm. that's this franchise. I feel like I am sure. just like. I feel like I'm just like numb. Maybe I was. Maybe I got numb after last. Maybe week. you did. Yeah. And maybe that's what it is. It's I'm just like you know. I just can't really see clearly. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe I'm just. I'm just like hey. I'm not. I'm not. This is the Fantasy Beast. Not for me. You have the yeah, rose colored glasses on. No, I wouldn't even say that. I don't I think it is. Maybe that. you are just numb. I, to it. I, maybe I just. Think, I think you shut off. 
I well, I, I, I think, think that's what that it is. I think you're mindlessly watching them, and you're just kind of like, I don't feel yeah. anything towards these. And that's probably how we're going to be when we do the Transformers movies. You know what I mean? For so, sure, for sure. But I, I, I do think that I, I think that like I've given up any hope at this point, especially sure. at, at we've seen all of these movies. And maybe that's my problem. Maybe it's I'm going into it hoping to find something more yeah. than I did the first. Well, I'm giving up hope on this franchise. Like I just I think that this franchise is definitely <laughs> sure. like you know it's definitely uh, it's a struggle. It's not it's not for me. Yeah, it's, it's I, not going to be the Harry Potter stuff, and, and I've accepted that. I feel like I've accepted that, and maybe everybody needs to accept that. Maybe people need to uh, need to join me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> maybe people need to temper their expectations. No, it, I, it's not going to be Harry Potter. That's just not the way the world works. They can't really do that. As far as like wishing for, I mean, I was hoping for just like a, a good prequel series at least <laughs> no, I know. to some degree but no. it, it certainly didn't happen and it, it, it's it's this entire franchise is a mess it has been kind of since day one i yeah. mean as much as I, I i do like as we talked about last week the, the first one probably is the best fantastic beast it, movie it is yeah. um and i know we haven't talked secrets of dumbledore yet and everything that will be revealed next week <laughs> maybe we'll but be surprised again when we revisit it i, but I, I, I highly, highly doubt, doubt it i highly yeah. doubt i mean we saw that in theaters together yeah. we walked out going ooh. well but i think we walked I, out going it was, it was okay it was okay it was okay it was okay but it wasn't it, you know again it doesn't capture the magic of any of the Harry Potter movies yeah. and it's it's not up to the level of the first one no, which no, no, is no. not a high bar but is the most entertaining so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting talking Crimes of Grindelwald because to me this is the worst Wizarding World movie. It is the worst one they've made. I'm not really shut off to it. I think I, I think we need to bring a little uh, a little rage towards this because it's kind of like I'm de- I I mean personally like I'm demanding more of this franchise and of the Wizarding World in general. And if this is the best that they can do, that's really upsetting. But I think that that is why I I was so mad last week and so disgruntled as we put it because <laughs> that is we we both said that is the best. Fantastic Beast movie, right? And right. that's the best you have. That I thought that'd be a very, very frustrating experience because I sure. knew it was only going to go downhill from here. Maybe that's the so. problem. If, if do you think if we hadn't seen these movies that this would be a different experience? I for think us? I think we'd probably walk out to, to be more positive. To be honest with you, if, I think if so we too. were watching these for the first time, I definitely do because I, I and I, I think honestly, I think that if we had started with the Fantastic Beast franchise and went into Harry Potter, we'd probably be more we'd probably be more positive on this too. Mm-hmm. I think it's because, and I think I mentioned this last week or at some point that because we just came off of eight. <laughs> relatively great movies. There's one in there that is okay. We did not hate uh, Order of the Phoenix. We just didn't love it. Yeah. Is but, okay. but we're also coming off of arguably one of the greatest franchises well, of all time. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. These eight great films, yeah. and and in the same world, and to see what they can do with these characters, and what they can do with these stories, and what, sure. what, where they can go, and and the whimsical nature, and the, and the 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 emotions, and the and the heartache, and the just the excitement, the excitement. My biggest complaint, again, not to get into opinions, but like I will say about this movie, and even if I am a quote unquote defender, and honestly, by the time this movie's this this conversation's over, I, I, that's probably going to be shedded. I'm, this is probably a roller coaster going down. Sure. I'm, I'm probably going to be hating this movie more as we talk about it. Oh, I hope so. But <laughs> uh, I found this movie to ex- be extremely lacking of excitement. Like, they're doing things that they are clearly think that David Yates, whoever clearly thinks J.K. Rowling, whoever clearly thinks are these big, exciting set pieces. And it's rather lackluster. Like, yeah. Every, there, there, there's no excitement. So I think coming off of, you know, we've seen dragon chases and underwater... Uh, adventures and we've seen uh, you know even the camping to be quite honest with yeah. you was more exciting than what's going on yeah. in the in this in movie. any of these movies you know 
bank heists and all this stuff yep. like there's really great ministry fights or whatever you know there's really great stuff in that mainline franchise it just feels like like it feels like she's both trying she's trying to again I, I keep using the phrase trying to have her cake and eat it too JK Rowling of like she's trying to be so different but she's also trying to cling to the mainline franchise you know to to really like she can't let it go like I mean they're literally I mentioned to you off mic that and we'll be talking about it later but like they're they literally stop this movie right near the end and go remember the Lestranges hey hey and then we again it's a thing we talk about she's in the theater with you nudging you hey 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 do you remember look look. you remember the Lestranges remember the Lestranges you know that name Lestrange right yeah you you, you know you want to know very detailed backstories about some distant relative to to Bellatrix Lestrange yeah you want to know uh you want to you want to see the family tree here you go (laughs) here you go 25 minute 25 minute segment on the Lestrange family Right, right Why do we need that? You know, Why do we need so a like, twenty-five I, minute segment? I, it it is like she can't let it go, like because right. that is the attachment to. Uh, you're supposed to go. I know that name. I know that name. Oh my god! Like, right. but I don't. I don't care at this point because right. I I want to know these characters. I want to know this story, and and she can't. She can't do that. And, th- so. and this is, you know, I think that's for J.K. No, Rowling talk when we get to the yeah, writer. Yeah, of course. But, but this is, um, you're, you are right about everything you just said. She she does want a lot out of this. She wants a lot out of this series while also attaching it to Harry Potter. And that's the problem is that it shouldn't be attached to Harry Potter. But she's using it as an opportunity to explore all these other family histories of these famous wizards and witches that we got from the yeah. series. And, you know, one of the big problems with Fantastic Beasts going forward at least with the next movie is that in my opinion this thing that's supposed to be a Newt Scamander story very much becomes a Dumbledore story Mm -hmm. going forward and if we happen to get which I don't think we are, but if we do get a Fantastic Beast four and five, I can tell you right now, those are going to be Dumbledore's movies essentially, yeah. heavily, with a supporting cast of Newt, Jacob, and all of them. Yeah, but um, not Tina, not Tina, not Tina. We'll talk about that next week. That's oh, that's going to be a great conversation <laughs> yeah. next week. But it it is a problem. There's just there's too much lore here, yeah. and it drags down the movie. It yeah. really does. It drags down the movie, and I, it, it's really hard to watch it because it's like oh, here's the Lestranges, but also we're going to keep you guessing about a character you don't care about credence i don't care about this character and they keep you guessing about that and then they have this very bad grindelwald walking around the movie the entire time and we'll discuss uh him when we get there yeah and it's just it's it's frustrating because there is a movie here that would have worked but there's also that intent to split up the group you know and i'm sure again we'll talk about this later too but like there is a serious mishandling of Queenie in this yeah. movie that really drags it down to like for a second movie to go where they go with the character. I'm like, I, what? What is going I on? I have here? some interesting thoughts about that, and I, I and I think that we slightly, slightly differ on that a little bit. I'm excited. We'll talk about that when we get to Queenie. Sure. But I, I'm mostly on your side there, just not only to get your, your blood <laughs> boy on or anything. I thought you were going to. Well, I thought you were going to fight me on this. No, again. no, no. I think but, it's. Wrong, we'll, but, talk about, like, we'll talk about. We'll talk about. We'll talk about. But, but like, there, there is missing pieces here. Yeah. Well. And, uh, yeah, that's what I want to say. It is, yeah, I think, like, as you said it, and we said it a lot last week, too, is that there, like, it is frustrating because there is good in here. Like, we, mm-hmm. you can, you can literally look at this movie and be like, there's the story. Why aren't you telling that story? And right. she's so insistent on this other stuff. Like, there's so much here that does not need to be here. And I, and, and. I'm not going to really... This is kind of maybe technically retrospective stuff, but to be honest with you, I'm not even going to bother including in the retrospective <laughs> stuff, so we might as well sure. talk about it now. Is that it, it, I'm sure you would not be surprised. Like I've always known this to be a, intended to be five-movie yes. franchise, but to do when I'm doing my research, I came across that like it was 
just the one movie, but one turned to a trilogy, and then eventually the trilogy turned to five. Right. So it's like, it to me, it seems like it's kind of like a, the Hobbit situation. Like, yeah. Like they, yeah. they, there's, there's content here. Like if she came out with the intention of making this a trilogy and telling the story, which when we said this last week, should there should have been one movie, right? Yes. But and and it would have been fine. But, because like I said, most of my problems were the fact that she tried to include things for the second and third movie that never got there. That was my sure. biggest problem with the first movie. But, you know, if she came up with the intention of let's make a trilogy and she could tell the story one, two, three, done, right. you know, we end up we end up basically getting a trilogy anyway because, like you said, we're probably not going to get four and five. Right. We're stuck with a trilogy. Right. But it doesn't feel satisfying because the story that could have been told isn't right because there's stuff here that they're jamming in here and and i you can tell that there's things that like um she's like oh i'll come back to that i'll come back to that but right. like we're not going when to, when? when are we going to get that you have, like you only have two movies there left. are literally characters in here that just they, they don't they don't need to be like there's right. there's whole subplots and side things like the the guy grimson who is the or that the yeah. ministry sends, but he's what also is, working for Grindelwald. What is that? Comes out of nowhere. Like, it's it just, again, I don't mean to go into opinion stuff, but like, there is some very messy, frustrating stuff. Yeah. That it's very clearly like, we'll come back to that. Yeah. But when? 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 You, need, because, you need to have a vision. She lost track of her vision yeah. along the way because that's what you, that's, that's her coming from. Right. Books. She's used to being like, "Oh, I have five. I have seven books, right. and I can do this. And I can come back to this." You know what I mean? So like she, she, you know, when she introduces, and and I think that all we, three of these movies have different supporting casts. Yeah, there's like no return. Well, there's outside of the main cast. There's like no returning supporting characters. Or, or they pop up, up very, story. very quickly, like the Makuza lady. Yeah, from the first ones in the big, in the first yeah. scene of it, and that's it. Right, She's and that's it. But like, I think we praised like the long game. Right, right. Of, of Chamber of Secrets introducing the diary right. and it being a horcrux. And we right. praise that because that was planned. Yes. None of this feels planned. It feels no. like this is, she's winging it. Well, it's, it feels like she's trying to set up the next movie, but then she's like, well, she's changing where the next movie's going to go yes. because of response. And, and and again, we'll talk about next week that the third movie is a response to this second movie. Yes. And the everything they set up in the first and second movie is going out the it's window for the third the movie. Because completely they're gone. like, well, people don't like that. But then why did you even bother to include it? I'm wasting my time right. watching certain elements. Now, certain elements really work. And, and, they're, and they're the main main focus but there's all these subplots and all this lore why am i wasting my time watching this that that is frustrating right so. you're absolutely right let's get into the let's movie. do this I don't, I don't mean to get lost into it but but uh it, it is a frustrating overall frustrating experience i agree so. with you uh but fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald the crimes of grindelwald <laughs> this had a release date of november 16th 2018 yes uh, uh, I remember. I remember when this came out. I wanted to see this in theaters. Did not see this in theaters. I did not go either. Uh, happy I didn't see this in theaters, yeah, probably. I missed but, this uh, one. Directed by David Yates. Mr. David Yates is back. Um, and boy, is he as boring as ever. This was the movie, and I, I felt this last movie too, uh, with Where to Find Them. But this one in particular was the one where I really was like, why is this guy still doing this? Like, why have they not gotten a new director and some new blood in here? Because this is like... It's 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 kind of again the same way I felt about Order of the Phoenix when he directed where I was like I can't believe this guy got to keep his job again I, I felt that way about this I'm like yeah. I can't believe he got to keep his job yeah. after this 
especially after all of the movies he's done, I'm surprised Warner Brothers didn't step in and say, hey, like, we really appreciate what you did with Harry Potter, but like these last two Fantastic Beasts movies, they're just not hitting. We want to go in a different direction with the third. That obviously doesn't happen, but like I really think a, a major problem with these Fantastic Beast films is unfortunately, not even unfortunately, but is David Yates. Yeah. I, I mean, I that's it, just no, how it, I feel. It, it, it feels it feels so stale. Yeah. It feels so even if they if they wanted to give him the first Fantastic Beast movie because hey, we we have an established Harry Potter director to start off this new franchise, right? Yeah. But then you should be tagging along, t- tagging in other people to come in and do it. And if he wants to stay on as a, as a producer or executive right. producer or whatever, consultant or any behind the scenes role, whatever, that's fine. That's great. But like this, the, he he doesn't bring away, anything new to this. Walk away from the directing chair. Yeah. Walk away from the directing chair because you're cl- to me you're clearly out of new ideas you're struggling to find ideas and i i I watch this movie and i'm like it feels like he's sleepwalking through this like he's just going with the motions and just putting things up that he thinks are cool and intro or like i guess that he thinks the fan base wants but i mean and we said this about him but he kind of is a yes man director and i think that's a lot of the problem here is I think Rowling turned in a script. He looked at it and just yes manned his way through the entire movie. Yep. And as we are, as you and I know, yes man movies always, always yep. turn out to be pretty bad yep. because there's no creative. It's one person's vision without any other type of outside consultation to say, maybe we should try this. And it really drags it down. So I, I really, I put a lot of blame on him this time around. And no, it, I, it, it really feels like he should have lost his job after this. No, you are, you are right. And it, it, it is, it is very, fr- like frustrating is the word. And I mean, look, you, you're probably happy because I am getting frustrated just talking about this movie. <laughs> so it is, it is, I am going down. You know Let's unlock I mean? that chest. But, uh, <laughs> But no, like because I think it's one of those experiences, and, and again, not to to go into opinions or whatever, but like it's one of those experiences I talked about where like I was entertained by the movie, but the more I think about the actual like logistics of the movie or what we could have been or what we could have done with the movie, it is frustrating because I really want to see fresh blood in in here or yeah. just what could what can Alfonso Caron do. You know, with with a hair, and, and we've already seen what he can do in this world. But what can he do with mm-hmm. with a more, uh, you know, an even bigger budget? What can he do with this already established? Because you know, it was, it was established, but like it's that was the third book. This is the this is the third movie. This is the tenth. This is the tenth movie in the Wizard. This is the tenth yeah. Wizard. So like, what movie. can he do with that bigger budget? With with this different story, this yeah. different universe. Like, what could he do? Or anybody? And again, I mean, you don't even have to bring back an established no, Harry Potter just director. Anybody else? Bring like, back like a new exciting director. Well, like we talked about, like why? Why couldn't they just? This is this is a established franchise. So why couldn't they just get a new director or a young director who needs a big break? Right. You know what I mean? They can help establish somebody with this by by this movie was going to make money no matter what or or at least it's a wizarding world movie it's got fantastic beasts attached and i honestly think if people found out like oh this is a different director and i mean we'll talk about it but also maybe a different writer i think maybe that would get people in theaters to say like oh this is going to be different but we never get that we know that's kind of the big tragedy of the fantastic beast franchise is there's no new blood ever attached it's all the same people and they're still trying to just churn out the same thing even and it just it feels very produced not to give jk wrong a pass by any means but i think that even if somebody had this exact same script mm-hmm. i think just a, a, a more a, a 
visual director or, right. or a fresh director really could improve this movie the way it's the exact same way it's written right I just think the way that they could they that they could uh, handle certain things I think that they could, they really could elevate a fresh fresh take of it really could elevate the movie like they yeah. it's not the answer to everything they'd have to fix the script up yeah, moving no, forward but like it it would really really help but and a, it's a wild director, yeah. it's wild to me that like and it, maybe this is again worse stuff for next week but it's wild to me that like they went oh we need to uh, send Steve Cloves in to help J.K. Rowling or to to like that was the answer yeah, to but like not the guy who's did the last since five right five six seven eight Fantastic Beasts one Fantastic Beasts two and clearly like this diminishing product you know what right. I mean like why don't we just change that guy out yeah why instead of changing the guy who has now directed six movies for us and these past two have been not great lackluster boring lackluster boring movies why is nobody looking at David Yates and saying, I think we need to change the director chair up a little yeah. bit because this guy isn't working anymore. We need somebody new because Be- I think like the fact that nobody in WB like looked at looked at this and said, it's time for a new director. Yeah. It's time for something new because this is, I think he's dragging the series down. Yeah. It is immaculate, is incredible to me. Like it, it kind of showcases to me that like maybe these executives don't know. I mean, we've kind of known for a while that they don't know what they're doing, but this really really showcases like oh these guys have no idea what they're they're just going with what feels easiest yeah. and they're like just give it to david yates again and it's like no you should be throwing david yates out the door and saying these last two movies have not been good we need a new director yeah. so thank you for all you did for harry potter but you gotta go you yeah. gotta go and but we need somebody there's else there's not like i'm really trying to think of like a franchise and i think we had this conversation off mic but like a franchise that like is just helmed by one person over and over and over again and like right. the only one i can really think of is like like, that goes that long, like far, like, and I'm not talking about like a creative consult, like George, like Star Wars. I mean, George Lucas is obviously involved in in the right. first three movies, right. but he doesn't direct those first three movies. And and I mean, there's rumors that he basically directed uh, Return of the Jedi, but like he didn't direct Empire Strikes Back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, it's not like even that. But like the only thing I can think of is maybe like Spielberg with Indiana Jones. But even that's going to be changing. I would say Spielberg he, with Indiana Jones. I would say maybe um, or like Peter Jackson. Peter I guess Jackson, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. For Lord of the Rings. I mean, six movie. That's a six movie. Run no, you're there. right. You're right. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's stark differences between those trilogies. Yeah. But like, no, you're probably right. I'm it sure. Probably that, is George I'm Lee. sure if I did the research, look, this is all off the top of my head. I'm sure if I actually sat down and looked, there are probably obvious ones that I'm missing. Well, but, the, thing, the thing with George Lucas too is, even though even though he didn't direct, he did write a lot of those. Yeah. He wrote the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, even if he wasn't directing, he did write that trilogy. Yeah. And he directed all three prequel movies too. Yeah. He was the director of those. And yeah, he but did he didn't want to be. He, he didn't, didn't want to be. be, but he did it. You know, he did it. And then, obviously, he wasn't really involved uh, with the new stuff. <laughs> no, but not like, at all. Technically, he's kind of got a six-film run there, too, if you yeah. count the writing credits, because yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. write the movies. Yeah. But um, it, it's just crazy to look at... Uh, David Yates. It's like, like they felt like they were understand. obligated. It felt, it's like they felt like they were obligated to have David Yates in there, and it just blows me my mind because it feels like what you said during Half Blood Prince. He just never left. Yeah, well, literally, like, like they're like, all right, guns, Harry Potter was over. Harry this. Potter was over. They shut down the set. They turned off the lights. Everybody was like, okay, wow, this has been what a what a journey, what a journey, and everybody left. Five years goes by. They, WB comes out and says, we got this new thing. It's called Fantastic Beast. J.K. Rowling's going to write it. We got this new director and we're going to get... And they're flipping on the lights. And, and there's Yates sitting there in the director's beard, chair. Long beard, long hair. Long hair. And he goes, oh, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> and everybody's like, David? And he's like, what's up? What's going on? Are we doing another one? 
and they and WB said, yeah. And, and, and said, David, I'm in. And David's like, yeah, I'm in. I'm here. I'm ready to do it. And WB said, okay. Well, we have another guy. Said, I'll do it for peanuts. I'll, I'll do it for peanuts. Okay. And they said, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, that's what it feels it like, does. though. It feels it, like he just hasn't left. But it's like because the, the mainline franchise literally had two movies, one director. Third movie, different director. Fourth movie, different director. Fifth movie, different director. It's like they already have a legacy of having different directors here. Nothing and it's wrong like, with that. No, there, there isn't. There really isn't. There's like, nothing I, wrong with that. That's, I what think it, that's what Marvel's doing. Marvel I, has a different director I, every I movie. I think it's more important to have a consistent storyteller. Like right. That's why I think that the, the J.K. Rowling or Steve's Clove situation is more important than, than uh, to, to keep them consistent, mm-hmm. whatever, than it is to keep the director consistent. Because I, I think that he could really, somebody could really bring, he or she could really bring new energy to this movie. And it Agreed. just, it does, it just blows my mind that if, if they announce that they are getting Fantastic Beasts 4 and 5, whether it's a TV show, whether it's HBO Max, HBO Max whatever, and they're like, and David Yates is coming back, I will be blown away. I will be because blown away. Because, like, he must be, away. he must be married to somebody. Because, like, they do, they do not want, like, they're literally looking at this, right? This is a problematic franchise. There is, there are issues here. If we, we need to send Steve Cloves in to help J.K. Rowling. We need to clean up this mess. David, you're good. You're good. But like everybody else, we David, really you're need doing to, fine. We need new characters. We need new locations. We need new actions. David, you're good. You're good. Like would, Seriously, if if they do announce that, if they come out and say Fantastic Beasts 4 and 5 or just 4 and there's going to be one more movie, whether that's HBO Max, whether it's in theaters, whatever they want to do, a show, whatever it is. If David Yates is directing, Ryan, seriously, I will be blown the f- away like i truly like i i don't understand why he would be brought back again i i would expect an uproar from the fan base going why is he back yeah why are you bringing him back because like because it doesn't make sense but like the part part of me thinks that that is going to change because we've kind of been mentioning this new guy that's running wb now. yes we've been talking about him in our own we've personal kind of life we've, yeah. kind of, yeah, we've kind of been talking about him in the our discovery personal guy life. the discovery guy the discovery guy <laughs> the discovery guy is running wb <laughs> God bless that man. God bless that man. He's running everything, but like he's cleaning. He's cleaning. Up. He's cleaning things up. But like he seems very adamant about doing more Harry Potter stuff. But he also seems very adept at pinpointing the problems. And I feel like he would be able to look at this and go, "If we're going to continue this, like we need to get David Yates out of here." Like I would, I would be tossing that guy's ass on the curb. Yeah. And look, like, like I don't understand why he's still here. Like I, I want to be clear. And, and I, we've like throw him out of the building. Well, we've established this before, but I want to be clear. I don't think he's a bad director. I no, don't, but I just but think like, that he's done everything he can no, dude, in this franchise. He, he's, he's done. He's tapped he, out. It is, it is the epitome of overstaying your welcome. Yeah, that is what he has done. And it, it that we keep saying he won't leave. That's no. the thing. He won't leave. So I'm hoping this new guy literally tosses him out of WB headquarters and goes, "You're done. Yeah. Like no more. You're done." Yeah. And it's not because he's a bad director but it's because he's out of ideas for Harry Potter specifically yeah. and the Wizarding World specifically. It's it's very clear the, the well wa- has dried up the for The wand battles all look the same. Yes. The, the beast interactions feels all the same. look the same. Everything feels the same. Yeah. And it's very clear that whatever like creative well he was going to for the Wizarding World before, that's the water's gone. There's nothing left there. Yeah. He is scraping the bottom with that bucket, trying, and it's very clear to me, like this guy's out of ideas. Throw him out. Get it's him out of here. He doesn't believe in 
color. It's not like, yeah, exactly. It's not like an insult to him to throw him out like that. It's like, you're looking at your friend, you're trying to save a franchise. And at this point, that's a problem to me. Somebody needs to show David Yates Dick Tracy and he needs to learn... (laughs) <laughs> color palette. Throw this guy out <laughs> and say we're going in a new direction. Yeah, it's it's the way of the world. Yeah, it no, has to happen. You're so anyway, right. let's yeah. let's keep. Moving. I could go on and make videos. I'm gonna do. We're gonna rant about him next week. I too. know. I know. Oh my uh, god. Written by J.K. Rowling. So yes, we've already talked about this, and we talked about this last week. But you know, we're again, we're just gonna keep hammering away. This is that <laughs> is that um chipping away. It, it, this is 100. Uh, I believe that she has a story here, but like. This movie doesn't. It, the story doesn't feel like a movie. And I was thinking about this. What this feels like. What a lot of this feels like. Like that Lestrange part that I yeah. mentioned. That is. That feels like she wrote a Lestrange Pottermore yeah. thing. And then she went. Well, I can put that in the movie. Shoehorned it into the movie. Yeah, and that's what it is. Like it felt like she was like, oh, we can we can connect into the Lestrange. Oh. And again, I don't want to go into like I really the strange stuff really bothered me, and we'll talk about that more. We can in, talk in about a, it in the story and opinions stuff, and like stories opinions, and stuff like this, but like it really, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It, it, Why is it here? It doesn't. It and it, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't even impact the next movie. That's no. how much it doesn't matter. No, no. Uh, what's it? Yusuf is in the next movie for like five minutes. Dude doesn't even have lines. He barely he's speaks. He's a couple lines, yeah. But he, no, I mean, he barely has lines. Yeah. Like, he barely speaks. Yeah. Like, and it's it's actually upsetting because it's like you establish this guy as this major thing in this movie, and then he's he's basically doing nothing yep. really in the next movie, yeah. and it's really upsetting. But it's it's yeah, it's like it's like she just was like, oh, she she look. She loves the lore. And there's some... It's like... In, there's interesting lore, but it's not for this there's movie. There's nothing like, wrong with loving your own lore. That's fine. But, like, keep it out of this movie. Like, I, I don't this, understand. This is kind of the argument. And I know it's a different thing and I don't want to okay. open... I don't want to open it. But that I kind of said when we had Half-Blood Prince is that, uh-huh. like, I'm kind of not glad that they cut out the Voldemort backstory. But, like, to see what we got here, especially with David Yates, like, that... It would be very much like that. The, the Lestrange backstory halts this movie slows this movie sure. down and it, it's because Voldemort's obviously a much more important character than, than Lita Lestrange but it's just like I could see them doing this method where they're just going to pause this movie because it is like it, it, that backstory is Voldemort's grandfather and mother and, and their right, whole family right. and their dynamic and all this stuff and it, again, it's new characters. You had to get new actors, yeah. all this stuff. Like I could see them really halting that that movie for that. And then that's sure. kind of where I'm like, maybe you you have somebody step in and go, we maybe we don't need that. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe we don't. But like backstory is important, but we don't need it. So and, here, and for, like, yes. in this movie, like it's not just it's not just the little strange stuff. They just stop this movie multiple times and go. You are one hundred percent correct about that. I mean, when that twenty five minute sequence, start, I mean, it, I don't movie, know if it's twenty five. It feels like it 25 feels like twenty five minutes, but like the movie comes to a screeching halt to literally dive into the Lestrange backstory, and it because, feels. But it also feels it does feel like a Pottermore thing, like you said. But it also kind of feels like J.K. Rowling is. Is, I don't know, almost like trying to thinking that she is appeasing some sort of like fan service by doing this. And I just, I don't really see it. I'm like, I, I guess for the people who are really, really, really into the wizarding world and the wizarding lore, this might be exciting. But for a general audience, if I knew nothing about Harry Potter, I knew nothing about the wizarding world. And a lot of people don't know about the Fantastic Beast wizarding world stuff. You walk in here, you sit down, you watch that sequence. You're going to be like, what the hell oh, am I th- watching? This movie is very inaccessible for yeah. 
people that are not. Like, you're not going to know what the hell you're story. watching. No. You're going to walk out and go, I, I don't know what this well, was. Well, that was the big thing, and we'll talk about it in just a, a minute when we do like Rotten Tomato scores. So, like critics, a lot of critics who were not invested in the in the Harry Potter stuff was like, what am what is this? Right. Like, like what even is? It doesn't make any sense. Most of this movie doesn't make sense right. unless you know everything. These characters and and I mean, look, this movie alone, Leah Lestrange herself isn't necessarily a, a a legacy character, but the name Lestrange obviously is a legacy. That's the name, legacy right? name. Yeah. But there's also there's two off the, again off the top of my head. There's two besides Dumbledore and Newt and everything like that. There's two characters in this movie that have already been established. Nicholas uh, Flamel. Nicholas Flamel and Nagini. Nagini. Because what does this movie about set in the 1920s need as a, as, a right. as a protagonist? As a protagonist. As a protagonist. Not even an antagonist, which she was established as <laughs> during the Harry Potter stuff. We need. Voldemort snake, but it's not a snake when we meet it. It's an actual person. It's an actual and person. And we learn that the snake, that's not just a snake. That's an evil <laughs> snake in the Harry Potter movies. They establish that that snake oh. is vicious. It's, like, it's not like... It kills people. It, straight up. It straight up. just murders. <laughs> it murders people. It tried to kill Arthur Weasley. Do you remember that? <laughs> and, and yeah, like not even the, oh, snakes need to eat type of thing. No, this snake will f*** you up. <laughs> will kill you. And we learned that in the 1920s, late 1920s, it was a woman. It was just a woman. It was a woman with a curse. It was a woman that with just a curse. Is now, and now she she's cursed to be a snake. And it is, it that is, and is one that is the most, the most, like, not unnecessary aspect of any, almost any movie I think I've ever seen So in my here's life. the thing. When this movie came out and they were doing all the promotion for this film, they're like Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. And the actress playing Nagini, um, Claudia Kim, the whole thing with her was it was like this mystery role that nobody knew who she was playing. She was cast. Nobody knew then who they this away was. The trailer. And literally, no, and literally, even Rowling was coming out saying, we're not going to tell. It's a mystery thing. And then they show it. And then I remember all these videos coming out where she's like, am I allowed to say who I am? I'm playing Nagini. And everybody's applauding and acting like it's this big thing. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Look, I'm like, what the f***? I'm like, when did we go from 1920s to like the 90s or really in this timeline, Harry Potter's the, taking place in the 2000s, The movie right? seems to have established it in modern day. So like at some point, were they going to explain when Nagini became evil? Because well, from what we understood, well, from what I understand, Ryan, and I don't understand a lot of things, the secret of life, everything that happens after we die, I don't understand a lot, okay? But from what we were told, Fantastic Beast 5, you remember this, we were told the finale was going to take place in what year? 1940. 1945. Yes. 1945. Also, the uh, ending of World War II. And was going to be the great battle between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Well, it's, it's, it's and I implied think that, was, that, that ends World War II. That's yes. the intention. Yes, that's the intention. When does Nagini meet Voldemort? <laughs> When do, when were you gonna like is Voldemort Voldemort's not alive in 1945 from what I understand? No, he, um, so in the in the timeline he he's born in the process of these movies. He's literally like an infant at one point and during these movies, I think. Still, would not establish when Nagini meets him because he's. I think he, he's he's set, so in the books. Okay, sure. In the books, because they're set in the 90s. I think he's 70. He's in his 70s when he dies. Sure. Sure. So that would put him... But when he's that resurrected... Would, he's, that would put him at, like around, like, born during these movies. Got you. 
But okay, still would not clean up when he would meet Nagini because from what we understand, he is like a, a loner child. Uh, from what we see in the Harry Potter stuff, he has not met Nagini even at Hogwarts. So when would that even be cleaned up? This is a character who doesn't even come back. Well, is he? For is the he? Third movie. Is he aware that the snake was a was a woman? Is he aware? Of is that? he aware of that? Like we don't know. Well, like, I mean, I guess so he can't much... talk to snakes, so I guess she probably would have told him. It's, but, it's just it's yeah. weird to me that like there that type of lore. That's what I'm saying though. The lore is just so like messy here, and yeah. it doesn't even make sense that that's happening. Could she have explained it? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure over four and five she would have. But, but like she didn't even bring the guinea back in the third you doing, movie. Why? Well, I think there might be a reason for that. We'll talk about it. Huh. Not like a bad did she, reason. Did no. She, did she also disagree with that? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, well, you just, if you look at, you know, when they made that, when the movie was actually shot, during the times that the movie was shot, it was during, shot during COVID. So, sure. like, it, we'll talk about that next week. Sure. But, like, I, it just, even if that's the plan, like, it just feels like this was shoehorned in here because she thought that would be a cool reveal. Like, it just, it is, it, it, I know we're, I don't mean to get off of, like, J.K. Rowling getting the story and stuff, but like it is just this is a woman who just she's fulfilling her like she she has all these thoughts and all these things and that's it's cool like I think that that's cool it, they're probably wonderful Pottermore entries right I'm and, sure it's great but why are you putting that into a movie that that is extreme extreme lore you like I I keep talking about like you have to worry about the general audience and no wonder these movies don't start to have d- diminishing returns yeah because they say. F- the general audience right and we're going for just the people who are deep dive like we have already established we love this franchise half this confused us yeah you know yeah, what I mean? Like I'm talking. These didn't... are these are the this is this is for the people who read every single book ten times, right. who've watched every single movie ten times, who have who are on Pottermore or were on Pottermore every day reading read, every article. I've already read every excerpt she put out. Was like we're so invested in this world. That's who this was for. And I think as we're gonna see when we get to the box office frames, when we get to critic consensus, that's gonna backfire. When yeah. you invest in that, I think. Rowling truly overestimated the size of that audience who deep dived into her lore. Yeah. And I think she paid the price for it here. So no. I don't know. Let's keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I, we're <laughs> well, we can probably run through the, the story when we get there because we kind of yeah. just did well, it. But, kind of, yeah. but uh, budget $200 million budget. God, they paid money for That's this. A lot of budget. They, yeah. they gave him a lot of money. And, and uh, box office $654.9 million. Here's what I'm hearing a huge dip. From the first Fantastic Beast movies, it's, that's a, it's that's about, almost it's 200, about million more. 200 million more. Um, this yeah. is this is where I think this we is start to see also the lowest grossing Harry Potter or yep. Wizarding World Wizarding World movie. This is where too. we're now starting to see oh, there's at the time at the time because there the is time, something that is lower than that. There's something okay. lower than that, but like <laughs> at the time, this is I think when uh, everybody is looking at this franchise and saying uh, there's blood in the water yeah. here. Something's not right. Yeah. This isn't this isn't as good as it should be. It's not yeah. performing as it should be and uh, obviously next week will be a conversation about that too but yeah. like I think this was to me the blood in the water moment where yeah. you kind of go something's off here right no you're absolutely right I, I think it, we keep talking about how like bulletproof Harry Potter kind of was yeah. and I think this highlights the the, the weaknesses the weaknesses mm-hmm. of, of this franchise and yep. again it's not it's not the Harry Potter franchise but the, the overarching Wizarding World franchise like people like this stuff but I think people were invested in Harry Potter Potter the character and Ron Weasley the character and right. Hermione Granger the character 
And I think I I don't blame any of the of the actors for at all for anything in, in this series. And we'll talk about that when we get to the cast. But like I think that, and I think that there are some interesting characters. But I don't think the characters are as popular to a, again a general audience than than any of the previously established agreed. Harry Potter yeah, characters. Agreed. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah it it definitely is a. You're right. Blood in the water is the perfect thing. Like there's weaknesses. There there there's problems here. And yep. They really needed to kind of step up and fix this, and and I think they they looked in the wrong direct. They looked at the wrong problems, and we'll talk about that next week. They, oh yes. but they they definitely looked at the at the wrong things. Well, let's hear the critic consensus. So Rotten Tomatoes score critics. This is rotten at thirty six percent. Yep, yep. That's really low. Yes, that's really low. That's really low. That's really low. Yeah. And this is this is the first rotten thing in, in the, the wizarding, wizarding world. world. Yes. Yeah, and so. that is like. Bad. But here's the biggest problem. Audience is rotten at 54%. So even the audience... Even the audience didn't like it. And again, it's obviously it's higher than critics. And that's always a thing. You know, everyone's always comparing the critics and audience. But to me, when I hear 54% for a Wizarding World movie, that's shocking. Like, like, if this was a a case of 36% critics, 85%, you know, no. Even the audience walked out going, what did I just watch? They were like... I get, well, we get to opinions. It's confusing. It's a yes. confusing movie. Yes. So, but let's let's get let's keep powering let's, through because we we, we through. get lost a little bit let's there. Keep but drilling. They're, like I said, um, uh, these Fantastic Beasts I think are just going to be a little bit of messier episodes because it is just us, just like what is what is going on? Why? What is this? Why? What is happening? Why are these, we here? These movies are like a fever trip. It's yeah. It's just what is going on? Why are we here? Why the f- is John Void in these yes. movies? Yes. Or in the first movie. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's going to be This one is why the f*** is Nagini in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's true. Uh, but starring Eddie Redmayne as Newt's commander, Catherine Waterston as Tina Goldstein, Dan Fogler as Jacob Kowalski, Allison Sadu as Queenie Goldstein, Ezra Miller as Credence Barebone, Zoe Kravitz as Lita Lestrange, Callum Turner as Theseus Commander, Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, and Jude Law as Albus Dumbledore. Yep, that's the cast. So again, we mentioned, and also we mentioned Claudia Kim as Nagini as well, but uh, yes. I, don't, I, I don't really want to talk about it. We already talked about we that. Already we already talked talk about, about it. it I just wanted to mention her because it was kind of like this big reveal yeah, and thing. And same and thing like Nicholas Fumel being in the movie, stuff like that. You know, I don't I have nothing <laughs> to say about that. Old <laughs> Nicholas Old I can smell that little jog. That jog. I, look, I, I like the jog. I like the I like Nicholas, the jog. I like Nicholas no, he's, he's, a, he's a character. He's a character, I like and I like him. I like, I like that he keeps getting hurt because he's just so frail. He's so frail. I actually really like yeah, Nicholas it's, it's It's funny. But, okay, so, okay, so where should we, we start with the bad and then just move into the good? So you want to start with Credence? Yes, I do. <laughs> I think we should. I think we're kind of highlighting the bad. Let's save the good for the end. Mm-hmm. Because there is, good, there is in good in the characters. There is good. And again, it's kind of the four we talked about, plus Dumbledore, as we talked about. But let's start with the bad. Let's go into, in my opinion, one of the worst characters just ever created in the Wizarding World, and that is Credence. I'm I gonna, really dislike this I'm character. I'm going to tell you straight up. I found him more tolerable and more entertaining in this movie than did you really? before. Because because he's not like they actually let Ezra Miller do something other than just like, they let him do like, something. But, but I just don't think his story. No, no, like, no. His story is not good. And like, I'm not. Sa- story is just not interesting. I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't think it. I don't think it's an interesting story. I, I I I don't like the story. But I think that look, Ezra Miller is 
kind of an eccentric person, right? We we've we've talked about this last week. There's so much going on. I don't even want to get into it. Right? <laughs> We're not actually getting into it, but I think if you're following the news, you'll understand there's some stuff with them. And that's it's not it's great. it's never ending, right? Like it's, it's never it's always it's going to come this, out. This, it seems like we're just in the. It's, it almost feels like a stream of well, consciousness. It honestly, like, and it feels like Ezra Miller is kind of the current like Shia LaBeouf. Like there yeah. was literally a point in in time where like every week Shia LaBeouf had something yeah. in the news, something in the news, right? And now it feels like every week we I go online and there's something about Ezra Miller. Yeah, you know what I mean. So they are a, an eccentric person, right? It just seems like they the David Yates or J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. whoever, let them have a lot of creative freedom, especially yeah. in the first movie. Yeah, and there's a lot of really weird, strange choices. And I think that, <laughs> but I I think that <laughs> this is this feels more like Credence is more of a character and not a caricature. Yeah. And, like, actually, like, uh, Ezra Miller acts a little bit more than just sitting sure. there screaming and... and Look, and, I can I agree with this. Yes. I do agree with this. There's not screaming going on. I just... I, it's not It's not a good... It's not a good character. The character just... I, it really means nothing to me. Like, I watch the Creedence character and I go, what is the point of this character? Well, and I know they continue it into next week. But, again, it's just... It's one of those things where part of the movie is, like, they're trying to keep you guessing about Creedence... And the problem is, I don't really care about Credence enough to really be kept guessing. And I believe... believe, I'm just like, I just don't care. I fully believe that the reveal that Credence is actually Dumbledore's brother. Yeah. I believe that that is legit. Like, again, we'll talk about this, I guess, next week with Secrets of Dumbledore, but that... That the the reveal in that movie is that he's not his Dumbledore he's not Albus Dumbledore's brother he's Albus Dumbledore's nephew yes so he is still a Dumbledore but he's not he's not yes. the brother he is Aberforth's son I believe and maybe I'm wrong whatever I, but I would be willing to put money that J.K. Rowling intended him to be a long lost brother and the reception to that reveal was so negative because people are like, this doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense to the it, lore. It does, it, you're, you're literally breaking your own lore, which there is actually some of that still yes. in this movie too. We'll talk about that. But it's breaking your own lore and you're breaking your own history. Why would you have this? And why has, never, why has nobody ever mentioned this before? Right. I do, and again, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I would be willing to bet that she actually intended for Credence to yes. to be an actual Brother. second, you know, third Dumbledore man. You know what I yeah. mean? In that family, and then or, it just completely went. And then because of the reception, like you're yeah. saying, um, she went back on it and said, "Okay, we're just going to make him." Yeah. Oh, I can I can introduce Aberforth, and he can be his, his well, son. We'll, we'll yeah. introduce Aberforth, and then it'll be like a, a, the secret son that nobody knew about, yeah. and it's, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, it's, it's messy. So insane. It's, messy. it's so insane and messy, and it just doesn't work. And the character probably shouldn't have made it beyond the first movie. No, well, but because it is I, what it is. I think we're like, oh, good, he's, the character's dead. Like we don't yeah. have to worry about it. And even Newt's like. Credence is dead. And they're like, yeah. no, no, he's not. Yeah. They kept like bringing the character back and you kind of hope that the character dies at the end of the first one. But then they, they play with Credence as if he is this like, I just don't like the treatment that Credence is this like majorly important character yeah. when in reality, Credence, he really isn't. It, it doesn't, he, it just doesn't work. Credence's story doesn't fit into the, this, this story. Like yeah. it, it does not. He's, he is a MacGuffin. He is the reason why they need to go do things. Right. Yeah. Like, like, Credence is only in existence because they need to get Newt to Paris or they yep. need to get Tina to Paris or neither whenever. Like they need to get him into this tomb at the end of the movie. So they're all chasing Credence. That's yeah. what it is. And, yep. and but they're they're trying to make him much more important, but he's not that important. It's just that that's what it is. You know yep. what I mean? So it, it's it's just I don't think they 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 don't know. J.K. Rowling doesn't know what to do with Credence. 
No, you're absolutely so, right. That's the problem. So, all right. Uh, enough. I have nothing en- else to say about Freedom. Yeah. Who do you want to talk about next? Uh, who else we got in this cast? So, well, so what I found to be very interesting, and I, and I did, I checked this too, because it's so funny to me that they were so set on, especially J.K. Rowling was so set on, Harry Potter needs to be an all-British cast, right? Right. And we don't want people doing British accents. That They hire Americans to do British accents. Sure do. In this movie, and, and we, I mean, the two of them, Zoe Kravitz uh-huh. as Lita, Lita Lestrange, sure. is fine. So here's my thing with Zoe Kravitz, because I think this is a weird time with Zoe Kravitz, because obviously we've we've now seen her in The Batman, yeah, and she's an incredible Inc- Catwoman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about that. But this is a weird time where she's kind of starting to make this transition into these like big franchise movies, well, she was and in- she's kind of becoming this big actress, I think, like this big name actress. Like We're kind of seeing that now. But this was a weird time for her. But I will say, the one thing I like about her casting in this movie is that she has a lot of the same facial features as Helena Bonham Carter, right? Like, you can kind of see the resemblance and you go, oh, yeah, she looks like a Lestrange because the only other basis we have for Lestrange is Helena Bonham Carter. And then you look at Zoe Kravitz and you're like, they kind of have the same facial features. Like, you know, like the same cheekbone thing. Like, it it makes sense to you. And you're like, this makes sense. But I I think the performance is fine. I don't think by any means it's great. Yeah, it's just, it was straight because I was like, isn't, she is American, yeah. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz is American. And I was like, that's very strange. Especially with J.K. Rowling having an even more hands-on role in this movie i'm like she's just okay with yeah she's okay she gave up on that old british thing i guess yeah she just stopped, like, I guess look, she stopped we were put through it. hell for eight weeks trying to do the the, yeah. the franchise big star time. thing big and, time. and then she goes ah, just, don't worry about it anymore. yeah don't worry so, about it don't even worry about um, it but she, i mean it's funny because i just look look up zoe kravitz she herself is kind of a uh, a pretty big franchise uh star herself because mm-hmm. obviously the batman yeah obviously uh fantastic beasts x-men First Class oh, and Divergent. So, I forgot about X Men First Class. Yeah, yeah X Men First Class. Divergent, I wouldn't know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. X Men First Class. Yeah. yeah. So was she in that movie long, or was that like was she one of the mutants killed early on? Oh, uh, she's oh yeah, she's, she's an angel. angel. She joins. Angel. She joins yeah. Kevin Bacon. Yep, that's right. She yep. joins Kevin Bacon. I forgot about that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. Look, I'm glad. I mean, it sounds like, you know, I mean, obviously X-Men First Class, that's kind of a one movie thing. Yeah. Um, And even this Fantastic Beast movie, I mean, I guess you can say like the cameo in Where to Find Them, right? But like, yeah, yeah, it is interesting to kind of look at her performance. But it's it's fine. Oh, she's in Mad Max Fury Road too. Oh, God. and she's in the Lego Batman movie. Oh man, she is. Here's and what, she, here's what we and did. she's in Spider Man. Here's Spider Verse. Here's what we did. We have just undervalued Zoe Kravitz on this show, Holy and we crap. and we shouldn't have. We shouldn't have. And we'd like to apologize now and say, you know what? She is a franchise actress. Holy crap. She is a franchise actress. And I think maybe we're now starting to see the power of her... uh, of her acting because of Catwoman. Yeah. Well, no, she's especially yeah, she's wonderful in the band. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about that movie. Oh, but uh, but like this movie, it's it's really yeah. I mean, it's, it's fine. She's an interesting choice the for the best, role, it's and, fine. and she's fine. But I, I don't think she's fine in the role. But I don't think the role needs to be here. So yeah, that, that's I my agree. biggest problem. But 
Um, but the other American, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess we want to just talk about him now. I mean, Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp as Grindelwald. First off, it's bad. It's well, first off, it's a wild choice. Like we talked about it a little bit last week. Um, I know I just threw my pen, but uh, we talked about it. He a was little... so mad he threw his pen across the room. We just talked about it last week, but like it's a wild choice and yeah. the, a wild look. And I think you even mentioned like this is supposed to be like Dumbledore's long, long lost, long lost love. love. So here's here was my thing. I'm like, you show me Johnny Depp. With this wild hair, this wild look he's got going on, and I'm supposed to believe that Albus Dumbledore fell in love with this guy. Here's the thing. Next week, when we talk about Mads Mikkelsen taking over the role, I believe that ten times more. Because when you see Jude Law and Mads Mikkelsen together on screen like that, I know, I said to you, we look at it and we go, oh, I get it. Like, I get why they fell for it. Like, these are two, like, very, like, handsome dashing men. Obviously, this makes sense, but, like, I could not imagine that scene with Dumbledore and Johnny Depp's wild hair and and Dumbledore saying, like, because I loved you. And I'm like, really? You love this guy? It it has always been a wild casting to me. Like... I'm fine if he it's wants almost, to be... Dude, it's almost comical how, yeah. how over the top it is. Well, like, but like, I think that like you said, like, I think you went into this movie when you watched it before you had told me that you expected it to be like, I am a Grindelwald, and it's not yeah. even, it's, it's not, not even, even that. that. It's a very, like, subdued performance, but, like, at the same time, it's, it's very strange because it's subdued, but it's still very over the top, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, no, it and is. And I don't, if, I don't know if it's the look, the physical look, but it's there the, are also... It's the magical hookah. It's the magical hookah. I, I think it's that. <laughs> I think it's the look, but I think there's also just some choices he makes, like acting wise when he's doing things where I'm like, this is very over the top, even yeah. though it's it's so little, but it feels like a lot. Like an example of this, just to give perspective, is like maybe towards the end of the movie when they're in, when he's doing his whole uh, his whole speech to all of his followers, and he casts that blue flame yes. around him, and only like his true followers can walk through. Yes. He's doing this thing where he's shoot when he's like firing the flames at people. He's doing this like orchestra thing yeah, at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Like he's like orchestrating music. Yeah. And I'm watching this and I'm going, this is really over the top. Even that choice, he's yeah. like orchestra he's moving his hands with it and he's like throwing it and i'm like i, I don't like this i'm like this feel like this guy is supposed to be like pure evil but it almost feels like he's just having a little too much fun in the role like yeah. and it, not that he shouldn't have fun in the role but like that choice for grindelwald didn't make sense to me because i'm like grindelwald is is meant to be kind of this figure to in the yeah. wizarding world for pure bloods who is supposed to be feared among the wizarding world, and he's, like, orchestrating fire, and I'm like, this is a little too over the well, top. Well, another thing with that, too, is I, I'm, I'm kind of... Like, that's something Voldemort would do when he comes back into his... when he's resurrected in his body, because he's happy to yeah. have a body again. Like, this guy is just doing it for... It's, it's I, weird. I kind of am over to the... Uh, and I guess it is a kind of a trope, but I, I'm, I don't like the angle of we're going to show that this person is bad because they kill kids yeah type of thing like the scene where they break into the house and then they find the little basically a baby and i know he yeah. doesn't do it himself but like but the they, door is closing close you and, see the green see, light yeah, yeah well you see he, the he, it's like his his general the woman or whatever yeah but like it's just it's it, it to me like look how bad this guy is yeah, well, especially yeah. like in certain, and that's a muggle baby right it, it that's is the thing. it is yeah, that's because why. they killed the muggles in the house and right. he says like we need to cleanse this house like, yeah you know what i mean after cleansing this is gonna do like yeah. whatever yeah but it's just 
I I find that to be and I, I, that's kind of the Star Wars of it all too. Like I think I do think that that's a little bit of a cheap way of like we need like hey we need to kind of expedite Anakin Skywalker's descent into the dark side. So let's just have him slice up some children. I disagree like, with you there. I disagree. With I, you we'll there. talk about when we get to Star Wars. We're talking we'll about talk about when we get to Star Wars. But, but, I, know, but I disagree with you. I, no no I and I'm I'm not saying that that his descent into darkness doesn't work. I just think that it is. I think that it there is better ways to do it than a little cheap thing. And 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 I'm not even talking about like Obi Wan stuff because I think that they've sure. already established that that's what he did. So you have to play with it anyway. You know what I mean? But, All I'll say very quickly about that is I think the reason that was shocking was because nobody ever thought they'd see that in a Star Wars. Movie. No, but I don't think I'm. I'm telling you, I don't think that we need to see it in general. I think I. They I, didn't show it. They just showed the lightsaber coming out. No, no, I know. I just I think that it. I think it's a cheap move. I think it. I think it's a way to get cheap. Boy, I can't wait to talk Revenge of the Sith with so you. So I, I let's, think let's go. Let's go back to this though. But no, I just, I, I think it's a cheap and and maybe, I think for this movie it is cheap. Yeah, I think it is cheap for this movie and look, because and, it, again it feels like they're just trying to establish. Look how evil he when is. When I watch, look, I mean, just to wrap up the whole Star Wars. Thing, oh, when, we, when we when we watch <laughs> that, when we watch that, maybe I'll have a change of point. But I'm just I'm just using that's the only other example I can think of. Right. I th- is there something in Halloween in a Halloween movie where he does something similar to? I feel like there is. In, where he like kills a and it kills a baby. Is there a guy? There, he, Michael Myers kind of has kind of killed a baby at some point, right? Or I, a child maybe, or something. Yeah, I think I think maybe when he's a kid he does that or something. Yeah, I just there's I, a weird thing at the beginning, but maybe I just that's I don't it. I don't like this trope of of like hey I'm evil because I killed all the, even even um like Stranger Things did, is doing it a little bit. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not. No, a big, I agree with a that. I agree with that. I, I think I, it's I a, especially in this day. And again, I know these were for certain things it doesn't work. No. I think for other projects it does a sense when you're not expecting it it works but for something like this it just it feels like i i we get I, that he's evil already, they didn't they didn't I, need to do it i would have already believed this guy has killed multiple yeah. children before having to see it you know i would have already bought that because yeah. he's supposed to be this epitome of evil i'm like well yeah that makes sense because we've already established i mean Voldemort tried to do it in Philosopher's Stone, yeah. so why wouldn't I believe yeah, that I, this guy to, can do it? To be know? fair, I mean, I guess the whole Harry Potter is literally somebody trying to kill a child. So, I, but I, I think that's different. There's at least a story there. You know, what I mean, he right. didn't, Voldemort didn't walk into a school and just immediately start killing kids. I mean, like right. even Voldemort, like in the Battle of Hogwarts, is like. Hey, I'm going to give you time to to give up or to get out. Right. And if you don't, then I'm going to come in and start killing kids. Right. But right. he wasn't he wasn't pulling the Lucius Malfoy where he's standing in the halls of Hogwarts. Yeah. Oh no! And then he gets blown away by a house elf. Um, but it's, no. it's just like, but no, I, yeah. I agree with you. I just think, Johnny Depp though. Let's yeah, talk about yeah, that. Sorry, Johnny I'm Depp, sorry. No, it's fine. Johnny Depp though. It it wasn't a good choice from the beginning. No, no. And it felt to me, I think the the easiest way to for me to really put this is it feels like they were just trying to. In on his eccentricity, yep. where that that thing he has as an actor, where he is very eccentric. He is a very eccentric actor. He's yeah. always done eccentric roles. That's what he has staked his career on, right? I mean, yeah. like every role he has ever done has been interesting, different, and it, it is always like he, you can't put Johnny Edward Depp. Really, hands. You really can't uh, put Johnny Depp into a box, really. Yeah. Um, Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka, uh, Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there's just so many things he's done. But Tweety Todd. That's what I was trying to go. <laughs> but um, when you get to Grindelwald, it feels like they're trying to cash in on that. And yeah. I think that's what it is for me. They're trying yeah. to cash in. Like they it's got him. Casting. Like they got him and they said, just be eccentric. Yeah. And that's what it was. That's yeah. what I think it was. They were yeah. trying to cash in on that. Well, I can't wait till next week when we get to talk about the there are theory that every movie should just Grindelwald should just be played by a different actor. Like yeah. the, every movie should just be a different <laughs> every movie should be a different actor. Uh, everybody in Hollywood is going to get a chance yeah. to play. Everyone's going to be able to do it. Um, We're all going to they're going to call us. 
<laughs> I'm in. But uh, just to throw him out there real quick, Callum Turner is DC's commander. Doesn't really have much to do here. Not a lot to do. Um, I like we'll have the, more conversation uh, about him next week. Next I think. week, I like the developing relationship that he has with his brother. It's interesting to bring Newt's commander's brother in here to see, As, the, and they do they establish that in the first movie that he has. So a, it does. Yeah. It uh, I was I was actually okay with like yeah, they, do that they say they appearing. say something about they mention like his brother. They oh no they say uh, oh the war hero's commander and they go no that's his brother that's his brother you're right that's his brother right, and then yeah. so I I like that they kind of introduce the brother in this movie that makes sense to me especially when you've established in the previous movie that he has a war hero brother yeah. I get it he does a good job of portraying kind of this like he's very by the he, book obviously he's a great foil for Newt and it's a great because Newt is so like out there yeah, and he's very but like it's also great that that like the Euro, you mentioned he is this war hero but also right. like Newt is kind of the hero of everything like Newt is the one that we need more than the war hero right, right? I mean like it is it is kind of an interesting message of like the eccentric people that are viewed as like like freaks or whatever right. are right. actually the more important than like the people like the generic people like the that are out for themselves kind of th- sure. type of thing so uh, but no he's good we'll talk yeah. about him next week um, well before we get to the four do we want to talk about uh, our third interpretation of uh, Albus Dumbledore <laughs> yeah let's do it let's talk Jude Law uh, man Jude Law I think he's wonderful you really movie. like him I really like I, him I do too I think he's great I think he does a really really great job of capturing what I, and again I've said this kind of during the Harry Potter stuff but this is very clearly to me a younger version of the Michael Gambit and that was the intention and that was the intention and I think he does a great job of capturing that Jude Law has this wonderful thing where he is able to capture kind of this glint in the eye of like mischievousness almost yeah and you're like you're like oh this guy's very like but in a good way like a good mischievous and he always he has that for Dumbledore and he just he knocks it out of the park and I think he does and there's not a lot of him in this movie no he's not but But he makes every scene He shines, and you're like, oh, I want to see more. He of him. feels more like the book Dumbledore yes. than Michael Gambon did. Yes. Now, I, that doesn't mean I don't. I still, you know, Michael Gambon. We love, love Michael. Love, Gambon. Love, we love Michael Gambon yes. Dumbledore, but he does feel more of the book because. The book of Dumbledore, as we kind of mentioned, is very secret heavy. I mean, ironically, yeah. this is the next the name of the next movie, but like very secret heavy, very like uh, playful, very like I'm I'm keeping things close to my chest. I'm going to yeah. tell you only what you need, and that's exactly what he does yep. here. And I think that 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 comes off very well. Um, and you're right. It, I I can believe you know maybe not as quick as they may want you to see because we saw the uh, flashback in uh, in Half Blood Prince of. Uh, just a couple of years, and then that was the joke that went around uh, earlier this year too. Like the right. memes of like Jude Law goes, it goes from Jude Law, Dumbledore goes from Jude Law to Michael Gambon in like less than ten years or something right. like that. Yes, but uh, which doesn't I don't buy. No, don't buy, but, it, but it is what it is. You get the vibe of even though he doesn't necessarily look like Michael Gambon, mm-hmm. you get the vibe that this is Dumbledore is this magical, whimsical character, yep. and there's so much to him, and there are some secrets, and I can't wait to talk about those. Yeah, secrets. I think we can deep dive him next week. Yeah, because of course, again, there, of course. there's not, there's really not a lot of he's kind of the main character next week he is really kind of the main character next week for this one it's a couple scenes but he leaves he makes his mark he really does uh, Catherine Waterston is Tina Goldstein I think she's great I think she really brings it again she comes back she has this energy again um, in the way that Theseus is a good foil for Newt I also think she's a great foil for Newt I hate the contrived reason as why she's mad at Newt right it's because she thinks he's married because of one stupid mistake in this magazine also so it took thinks, him, it, why does it take Newt forever to say we're not engaged? That's Newt. That's how Newt goes. <sighs> but like Jacob could have said something 
You know, nobody I mean? like, says anything to her, and I'm like, there's so many people who could have said, you know, he's not engaged, and they kind of put that as the whole crux of the movie. And I just don't believe that it would go this long. No. And she like, would be like, oh, you know, I can't believe you didn't tell me you're engaged. Yeah, you know what I mean? like, that like that whole thing yeah. is really weird to me. But I think she's great in the movie. I yeah, think she yeah, does she's a really great. good job, and. You know, uh, again, that foil to Newt really works. And I, I think when they finally come together and the payoff of it, when they finally come together and the, they get to do the salamander line. Yes, it's a very, That's a really great moment. That's sweet. a really yeah, good moment. And I think that payoff is worth it. Um, okay. Allison Sadu as Queenie Goldstein. Okay. Let's talk about a mishandled character. So, we've already established. You, you differ a little bit with me on a this. A little bit. My feeling on this is... It is a severe mishandling. I I don't really believe that Queenie would join Grindelwald by the end of this movie. I I just, I don't buy it. It feels very rushed. It feels like something that could have happened maybe in movie three or four if they got all those movies, if they got four and five. Like, it feels like something you do kind of in the longer game. It feels very rushed to do it the second movie. Like, they're like, oh, let's, oh, you love this character? Now let's make her, you know, let's change her already. It just, it doesn't feel right. And I know there was a really big fan reaction to people who do love these movies who who did say that who said this this feels mishand like this doesn't feel right yeah. like, why is queenie joining grindelwald it, it, it just feels very uh not written well and i think that is on rowling again for her because it just it, it it's very very out of left field to me that she would join grindelwald this quickly and i just i don't buy it i'm like in one movie i'm like she was like such a bright light of the last movie and then suddenly this movie happens, and yeah, she's enchanted Jacob at the beginning, but like the downfall so quickly just doesn't make sense to me. But I, I'm cur- I'm really curious to hear where you differ with. Me. I mean, so my thing is, I I think that her story's rushed, but I think her story's rushed more with the the Jacob stuff. Like I I don't love that we don't get to see Jacob's memories come back in this movie. Like when we meet Jacob, he already just remembers everything. Right. You know I mean, like they're already together. She's already enchanted him, but like. Even before she's enchanted him, like, she's, it's, so we get the, and that was always kind of confusing to me. How much does he know? How much does he not know? How much is he, is he aware? Does he only get his memories back because she enchanted him? I was, when I worked I wasn't lunches, sure either. Yeah. I was confused, but I get the vibe that, so we see them meet at the end of the first movie, and yeah. that triggers his memories. We kind right. of see it on his face coming back, and he says it. Only supposed to get rid of bad memories, but he has the good memories, right. so that's what he remembers. He's able to remember Newt. He's able to remember all the good all stuff the good that happened stuff. him. Yeah, but uh, so I get the vibe that that they were dating or had some type of contact for a while, right? And when she wanted to extend it, he didn't want to. That's when she enchanted him, brought him to brought yes. him to Europe. Well, he says he said people. I mean, he has the line in this where he's like, "People wouldn't accept us." Yeah, and he knows that, and I think he learns more about that, and, right. and that, that that is a problem, and he and he knows, and I'm imagining that Tina probably said something to them about like Tina had a problem with it too yeah you're gonna go to jail whatever and and when he learns that he doesn't want to do it but I think that that whole thing is rushed maybe we should see that maybe we should see them come together a little bit more maybe Mm -hmm. we should whatever I don't love that like it, it just is like we within five minutes we see them back together and then they split up again like I don't love that I can see that this woman who is heartbroken, who is frustrated, who is alone in this new place, mm. uh, being taken advantage of by Grindelwald, because the whole thing that we've seen of Grindelwald, the one really the only major characteristic that we know of Grindelwald is that he's very charismatic, he's very persuasive, and we see that with him winning and he, over. And he can capitalize on people's pain. Yeah, well, well, they they literally start the movie with like we've had to keep changing his guards because he keeps. 
influencing, influencing them, them yeah. right? And we see it with the guy Abernathy, who was just this normal guy in the first movie, and now he's back as yeah. the, uh, as like his his henchman. You know yep. what I mean? Uh, we see that guy Grimson and his effect on them, even his effect on Credence. Like, yeah, he is. So I I do believe that he would win her over because he's he's not presenting himself as evil. He's presenting himself as he's lying. He's lying. He's manipulating the situation. He's like, I I don't want to kill muggles i want to i want to div- end the divide between wizards and, and, non- and, and, and non-wizards and yeah. non-wizards muggles yeah and yeah and by killing them he, well he's not saying that <laughs> he's not saying that. but, the, but he, he's, he's, saying he's telling that. the half truth he's telling i want to divide yeah. that line i want to get rid of that line right. because i want us to all just take over yeah i want us to be the only existing but she's taking it as oh my god he's gonna let us get married he's gonna let us have the life that we want to live sure this is the only answer so i do believe but she's like aware of him too like well, she's she, aware of but how he's, evil he but, is but he's also kind of this whisper I, I gotta get the vibe that like people know about Grindelwald but like Grindelwald is kind of a mystery like people don't really know what he looks like too much it seems like sure. people don't necessarily know like but she I mean, knows well I mean, I mean I guess like it gets out well it gets out after he was captured but yeah. it seems like it seems like he is this like enigma kind of you know what I mean sure and I think that she's charmed by him and, and she she's able to believe him even though even though she knows his reputation she just she just <laughs> she wants to be with Jacob so much that she is giving into her instincts. I, I see. I, look, I, I look. Is it rushed? It is rushed. But I, but I do think. I think the. I think the biggest problem with that story is that again they're answering with the next movie is again they're answering fan problems that we see her in this movie happily leaving with Grindelwald and then the next movie she's immediately miserable clearly doesn't want to be there and tries to get out of it as and quickly that's as why, possible and that's why I think it's one of those things that you can they should have built up to. Like, they maybe should have had a movie. This movie maybe should have been. We see maybe some tension, but we don't see her go to Grindelwald. Maybe. Maybe by movie three, they crush our hearts and she goes to Grindelwald. Yeah. And then by maybe the end of movie four, she comes back or, or five, something like that. I, but like, I think. It just feels very rushed for a second movie well, I think in a five a, movie we're series. We're in agreement of that is that I don't think that her joining him is necessarily the worst idea because of any of no, the no, four. No, no, I it, don't it think it is. It makes sense that it would be her, but I think. It feels too quick. It, it does. And I agree with that. I think it's rushed, but it makes sense in the situation to me why she would go with him. Is it rushed? 100%. It's rushed. I think the whole. I think her whole story is rushed. I think. The, yeah. I think this I, whole movie is rushed. Everything it, is rushed, but even, that's why it feels like a mishandling. The fact that is this is only so rushed. I think I did. They they don't say exactly when this is, but it's. They say that in the beginning of the movie, when you see Grindelwald, he's been in custody for six months, and then there's a three months later time thing. So yes. this, this is nine months. The majority of this movie is nine months after the events of, the of where to find of them. Yeah. Where to find them? And that that to me seems rushed. I feel like this yeah. should be longer. Yeah, you know I mean, it I hasn't mean, even for, been a year. I mean, for literally a, a, a series that was supposed to end in 1945, and we're only in 1927 by the second movie. There's a problem here. Yeah, it is. When go. the f- are you going to get to 1945 <laughs> in five movies? Yeah. It's just like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But, so, but again, I just, I do, I, I agree with you that I think maybe at some point, it yes, makes she, sense. Would have, she would have, it makes sense that she would have, but maybe you have to, I think building up the tension over a movie and then maybe by the third movie, you have that explosion or that, a fight where yeah. finally she's like, I want to get married or nothing. And then he yeah. just is like, I can't. 
Yeah. And that's the heartbreaking moment where we're yeah. like, wow, they really build up to this. They should have so, built up to it. It's yeah. so quick that it, it, it feels like a mishandling yeah. where you're like, I love this character I in the think, last movie. And now she's, like you said, happily leaving with Grindelwald at the end of this one. And you're like, what is going on here? I think the intention was for her to be with him for at least the third movie and then maybe in the fourth movie come back. Right. But I think that because of the reaction was so bad and people were like, what, <laughs> why would she do this? This doesn't make any sense that J.K. Rowling or Steve Cloves or whoever were in the next movie is like <laughs> that's why when the movie starts up like you said she's miserable she doesn't want to be here she wants to get out as soon as possible <laughs> yeah it's very strange but the last two um uh dan fogler is jacob kowalski look man this movie this guy's a star this man. movie is messy but this he's a standout continues to be he continues to be wonderful in this yeah, movie he does even his delivery of like his performance of like being devastated queenie going to the, this dark side if you Crazy. will like he is uh, yeah the payoff of the you're crazy thing really works yeah and he is charming as yeah. hell he's funny as hell yeah and he just he really is a standout and maybe i just I, really like the actor no i like i but, like the, i like this character too yeah it's it's really good the he thing is I, the saving grace of he this is movie. the saving grace of this movie i mean he is the standout i mean he's the standout of the fantastic beast movies yeah. in general i will say that one thing i was bummed about and this is not a, a him thing at all it's not a uh character thing i was upset that they got rid of his theme from the first movie oh yeah that yeah, piano yeah dun, dun, I loved that. I was like, it's so him because he's almost like, like it's just, it's a very like him song because it feels like, oh, this guy's kind of just going through the world. He's a little bit clumsy. He's a little bit all over the place, but like he's good. And that, that music captures that really well. And it was like, it doesn't even happen in this movie. And I'm like, I really wish when he pops up on the screen the first time, you just get that, like, it would have been so nice. And then they just don't do it the entire movie. And I'm like, did they just get rid of that? Because I just thought that was like, maybe like, I literally thought the name of that piece was Jacob's theme. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. Maybe it's supposed to be something specific. Yeah. I don't know. know. Maybe after Queenie leaves and, and. Jacob and Newt are reunited like one on one for the first time. Maybe that's when you play. Yeah, it. Because I don't know. It's that is too. I wanted to say is that 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 relationship between Newt and Jacob is the best relationship, the romantic best. or friendship wise, yeah. in this whole thing and how they communicate with each other. When he's like, "Oh, she has eyes like a salamander," he's like, "Don't tell her he's that." Like, don't like, say that. He's like, "Don't say that. Don't say that." No. <laughs> like he's very he's he. You can tell that these two are like good friends and they're very good at that. And um, you know that I, I they also establish in this one, which I love of his he, how he doesn't like port keys like yeah. he, just got, he goes to a port key for the first time and he does not like it he's like he's like really didn't like that port key new and he's just like he's like you keep saying i heard <laughs> i also love when they're running through the city and he keeps asking to stop to eat yeah and he's going he's like maybe just a coffee he's like or maybe just like i don't know like half a donut and he starts like naming all these other like all these pastries sausage, yeah he's like naming all these pastries and and newt's like He's like, he's like, no. He's like, we're not stopping. And he's just like, oh, come on. Just, a, I don't know, like a like a Danish. And he's just like going off. It's really great. Um, yeah, no, he's great. But he's fantastic. Yeah. But again, that's that chemistry between him and Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. Redmayne. So yeah. why don't we just tie it in Eddie Redmayne? So, yeah, Eddie Redmayne. I still think he's really great. Um, you definitely, again, you know, you we took this neurotic, neurotic nature of, of Newt mm-hmm. um, and, and this awkwardness. And again, whether it is, whether it is a spectrum thing or if it's just this guy is socially inept because he's so dedicated because we see him light up when he's around the animals like he knows how to interact with these animals but like 
he's so clueless with people that even clearly yeah. uh, Bunty, his assistant, who we get to see more of in the next week. Kind of plays a big role next week. We can really. talk about yeah. her more. It'd be exciting. Very clearly in love with this man. Yes. And he's just clueless. He has he's no clueless. idea. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's, it's kind of a tra- it's it's a bit tragic to Bunty too because it's like Bunty is you know clearly in love with this man, but like also like you know Newt does not have eyes. He kind no. of has eyes for Tina, he's like, as can, we know. You can go home. He's, he, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much you know fallen for Tina at this point, and like that's the woman for him. He knows that. And he's just like, yeah, you can go home. But I, I think they kind of, again, they kind of veer away from that the next movie even. Yeah. Like, they kind of, like, lay off that whole thing in the next movie. And Bunty's just kind of there, but yeah. isn't, like, you know, in love, really, with Newt in a way. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she she realizes that's not going to happen, I guess, by the next movie. But it feels like they lay off that in we'll, the next movie. We'll see how fun. it goes next but, week. But, um, yeah, no, Eddie Redmayne's great. I really like him in the role. Like I said, he is Newt's commander. I, I said this last week. Like, when I hear that name, I, I think him because I think he's really good in the role. I understand why people... People would think that he is annoying, but I find him extremely charming. I like, think he's I, fine. I, I really, especially think like he's... you're saying, when when he's paired with Jacob, it shines. Yeah. I mean, it shines well, because Jacob is because Newt's such a a introverted and Jacob's such an extroverted person. Yeah. Like it really, they, they really complement each other really well. Yeah. So yeah, they work really well together. So yeah, that's right. what well, a cast. All right. So I actually do have a synopsis this week. I did not forget the right one. I oh, that's have good. One. That's good. Um, of course, for the movie that doesn't really need one, but uh, synopsis real quick. Newt's commander on. On behalf of Albus Dumbledore must break his international travel ban to travel in to uh, to Paris to track down Credence and prevent the future plans of Grindelwald. Mm. So, I mean, leave him talking about the story the entire time. So let's just really quickly gloss over it. We'll blow over it. This is super messy. It's super messy. It's super messy. There's a lot of unnecessary elements here. There's a lot. There are things that don't need to be in this movie that are in this movie. Here's what needs to be in this movie. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Dumbledore needs to send Newt to Paris to prevent Grindelwald from moving forward with his plans. Credence does not need to be there. Give him another plan. Does not need to be involved with Credence. I don't know why he thinks Credence is so important to his plan. I don't know why he thinks he's not. I mean, I guess because right. he's trying to get back to back at Dumbledore. Yeah, credence is not needed, and I think we see in the next week credence is not is not needed. Not at all. Credence isn't needed. Nagini's not needed. Nope. Yusef is not needed. Lito Strange is not needed. Even Nicholas Flamel, as much as I like him, is probably not needed in this movie. Maybe, maybe, that fan, maybe. That was fan service to me. It, that was fan it, service. It did feel like fan service. It felt like fan but service. But this whole a lot, of, all these Nagini and all this stuff felt like fan service. You yeah. know what I mean, so. But yeah, uh, there's a lot here that does, isn't isn't needed. It's 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 a overstuffed movie for no reason. There it is. Yeah, it's messy and it's overstuffed. So all right, so let's tie this into our opinions. I'm kind of just I know I we've, think we've been very very and clear. I'm and gonna just rush I'm, through a lot of this stuff. Sure, but yeah, sure. Because you're right. We've been it, we've been very clear about how we feel about this movie. This is not a for, to me. This is not a good movie. This is the weakest Wizarding World movie no. that we have done so far on the show. I, I I'm still because we still have to do one more next week, and I'm not. I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about it yet because again, we, we haven't seen it since we saw it in theaters. So I'm really curious about how that revisit's going to go for me. Right now, this is the weakest one for me, yeah. and I just I really struggle watching this. I like I said, I had to split it into two parts because I was so bored and I wanted to do other things. Um, I just I, I don't think it's interesting. I think it's so bogged down in lore, and it's in a way, <laughs> in a way, the story is like so far up its own ass that it doesn't make sense anymore. And yeah. I, I think rallying, this is a major misstep uh, for that. And I think the use, again, of, I, I think David Yates just, 
is so bored doing yeah. these movies is literally sleepwalking through these movies that even the exciting action set pieces aren't that exciting they're dull they're really dull and that's the problem with this movie yeah. it's just messy and uh that's yeah that's it i think the movie is okay-ish i i i it, it's 100 percent the worst wizarding world movie yeah. right like we like again we opened this up with me going like i don't think this is i it, i said i don't think it's necessarily a bad movie it, it is a bad movie do i think this is again like i i have spoken to people who have said to me this movie's unwatchable. This movie is garbage. This I don't is, think that. This is the worst movie I've mm-hmm. ever seen in my life. I really I really think that that's an exaggeration. I think it I is think too. you cannot like movies and think it's a bad movie because this is a bad movie. It's a bad it's movie. It's a bad movie, but it's not unwatchable. But it's not it's not like I I really I really 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 enjoyed everything with Nate Newton Jacob. Yeah. Everything with in and and by association like maybe that's why the Queenie storyline worked for me better than it did for you because I sure. just was Anything, literally anything Dan Fogler touched in this movie, I was entertained. That's why I think the Nicholas Femmel character work. He interacts most of the time with Jacob. I really loved all that. I, I really loved Jude Law as Dumbledore. And I, I liked the little bit of Fantastic Beasts that we actually get in this movie. I liked the weird cat thing. I liked that they have to use the classic uh, like cat toy, basically, yeah, yeah. to trick it into the thing. I like that Tina gets a little bit of payoff where she <laughs> does it at the yeah, end, yeah. too. Um, again, it's it's the action sequences and stuff aren't necessarily exciting. This movie is lacking a weight to it, right? Agreed. Things don't things don't bring emotions out of you. It doesn't feel like it matters. No, it doesn't. It, it, it's like like I said, like literally the opening of this movie is this big high escape from the from Makuza or whatever of 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 Grindelwald. I, I like the escape. I, it's fine. I, I think I, like I think it's a I think it's a fine opening. I didn't think it was particularly exciting. I, I, yeah, I. I don't think it's like it's entertaining. It's, it's entertaining. entertaining. I mean, but it's it exciting. It's kind of exciting. I like it. To I me, think I wasn't I, like, oh my god, I can't believe he's doing this. Oh my god, I can't believe he's doing this. I just, I guess, yeah. So that that's not, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you there. I it you know, is it, but like when we watch something like even like Deathly Hallows Part One, even the less exciting sure. know, like movie, like with the Horcrux, where I'm killing the Horcrux, no, you know and other things that. come out like that. That, sure. that that entices emotion out of sure. you. Sure, it it, it it there's not a weight to this movie. Things don't mean anything. They don't matter. Way too much. We don't even need to get into it anymore. But way too much backstory. Way too much lore. It it does the best way we said it is it does feel like a Pottermore article yeah. article of of the Lestrange family, which. It doesn't seem to matter. And again, my my biggest problem from the first movie that I have here as well is the things that we've spent all this time establishing and a lot of this stuff doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean... It it means next week yeah when they once again they change things characters are missing new characters are added yes like we spent this entire movie adding characters and the movie ends with these characters all coming to to hogwarts and all being around right and we don't even see half those people next week right so you're absolutely right and it it doesn't it just feels like it doesn't mean anything there's another big thing with this uh series that i have a problem with and it's uh i'm curious how you if if you picked up on it but i feel like there's an over-reliance on polyjuice potion do you feel that or is it just me I no, well, I thought I I mentioned that I thought that the Deathly Hallows book had way too much Polyjuice Potion. In it. I think there's a lot. Well, in the because series. there's well, there's what there's Grindelwald used it to be Colin Farrell. Well, the, yeah, there's Grindelwald used it to be Colin and Farrell. And then uses it to be Theseus. And then at the beginning of this movie, uh, Grindelwald and Abernathy. Abernathy. Yeah, you're as right. Well. You're right. There's and I think there's more next week. 
Like, I think they uh, really we'll see how they, they yeah. use it a lot. And I'm like, there's a lot of, like, Polyjuice Potion stuff. I would, I think because I did just reread or re-listen to Deathly Hallows. And I mean, I, dude, I'm telling you, there is <laughs> so much Polyjuice yeah, Potion in Deathly Hallows. I know, I know. That I think I'm, I'm, I'm okay it's, with it. It's very, it's very funny how, like, it feels like once Polyjuice Potion was introduced, like, Rowling was, like, so, she's yeah. like, this is such a good idea. Well, they, they like, make and it, and I guess because they're kids, but they make it seem like it's such a big thing. But then, like, everybody's pulling up. Yeah, everyone has it. Everyone's <laughs> drinking it, and you're just like, okay. But um, yeah, no, I, I really don't have many opinions on this. No. I just I think it's it's bad. So you I gave this bad. what's your rating? Let's do ratings. Um, so I gave this. I know I said it. It's not unwatchable, but because of my enjoyment level being so low, I give this a star and a half. Okay. So I originally had had this ranked at two and a half stars. Uh huh. Um, and that was the same as I gave the first movie. And honestly, I'm I'm thinking about raising the first movie i might turn to rewatch the first movie again we'll see okay, for right now uh, but for right now for this movie i'm gonna go two stars that's I, what i, I think that i think that there is enough here with the jacob stuff and the sure. stuff i just like i could watch i could watch dan Fogler or Shane kowalski just watching paint dry like i really just <laughs> this guy is is so entertaining to me like, sure i can't imagine anything with this character and i'm giving lower than two stars because sure. I just I I mean I, Jacob Kowalski is one of my favorite Wizarding World characters of all right, time. Right. Right. And, and and I don't know. Again, I, I it seems to be that that's pretty popular opinion. I don't know, but uh, I really just love that character. I agree so, with you. I agree um, with you. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to go with two with two stars cool. because there's there's a lot of it's one of those cases we mentioned this with like Pitch Perfect three and stuff that it's an, I thought it was entertaining. I I I was not necessarily bored. I I looked at I look at my phone during this movie. One hundred percent, I looked at my yeah. phone during this movie. But I was never I was. Wasn't unfor- luckily enough like you, where I'm like in pa- physically in pain or having to stop <laughs> the movie. Like I just I was able to get through it. So there you go. Well, let's quickly talk about uniqueness. So what uh-huh. stands out to you in this movie? Uh, how dull it is. How. <laughs> <laughs> How kind of dark it is, and just how messy it how is. Complicated how complicated it is. How complicated and messy is, and and how it's just not like an accessible entry whatsoever for a general audience, yeah. unless you know every single thing J.K. Rowling has ever written about this lore. Yeah, I mean it's, it's complicated. Uh, the complicated, detailed lore building. Uh, that doesn't seem to fit in this movie. The lack of weight to scenes, and yeah, the fact that like there are scenes like the opening action sequence, which isn't particularly exciting or doesn't evoke any type of strong emotions mm-hmm. throughout. So, uh, does this bring anything new? Uh, <laughs> um, lore, lore. There's more lore. There's <laughs> a lot of unnecessary yeah, a lot lore. Of new but very unnecessary lore. That's what I would say. Um, what is the best scene in this movie? Oh man, here we go. I had trouble. I don't think anything necessarily stands out. Yeah, I don't think anything really stands out, but because I really like a lot of stuff with Jacob and Newt, I'm going to have to... I I, I do like the... I think I do... I do like when they go um, through the statue and they're investigating that uh, square. You know what? You're right. I I meant to put... That's a really great scene. That's a really great scene. And he uses the Niffler. Yeah, he's using the Niffler and like Newt's kind of running around, but like... Jacob's kind of like, okay, we're licking dirt now. Like, he's just like, he's making all these lines. I within. completely forgot. It's, You're it's right. a really great scene. No, that, it really that showcases is... their chemistry. It starts really strong, and then it ends really strong when they're running out of the thing. Yep. They're literally taking off, and then Newt goes, drop the bucket, Jacob, drop the bucket. And then he goes, oh, oh. And he, like, puts it down, and then the bucket disappears. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it highlights their chemistry. Yes, it really is. Um, it really, and... and the other thing you mentioned the overuse of Polyjuice Potion. I love the in that like, maybe not just this movie, but this whole franchise. The overuse of and especially in the books of Akio. Like again, when they I say Akio a lot, when yeah. I when I re-listened to Akio Niffler. 
<laughs> yeah, well, like, when they're, like, aki like, animals and people, that's why I get a little... Yeah. I was re-listening to the book. Harry, at one point, in, in, in Deathly Hallows, Harry Potter, aki Hagrid, at one point. Yeah, he goes, true. Akio Hagrid. Akio Hagrid. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Yeah, they're Harry. just pulling... They're just... <laughs> They're just pulling people towards them all the time. Yeah, they do use that spell a lot in this. But no, I, so I had like I, I really liked the Newt and Tina realizing their feelings for yeah, each other. Like great scene. Yeah. Uh, Newt Newt in his animal sanctuary. I really liked that. When Anything in the animal sanctuary, I'm a hundred percent. It's so great. Yeah. Um, Newt and Jacob going to Paris, like you kind of mentioned. Um, yeah. Uh, just just them going like when they walk up to the guy with the port key, when they're coming out from the guy with yeah. the port key. But I completely, you're right. I did actually forget about that scene just because the whole movie is kind of forgettable. It's kind of a blur. But that scene is my scene. That's it's a, really that's good. The best scene. Yeah. yeah. So, connectivity, how does this fit in with the franchise? Uh, it's the second Fantastic Beast movie. No, uh, I think it fits into the franchise. Uh, it continues the story of Newt. It also introduces, for the first time, a young Dumbledore. and it's also, But it's also continuing, really, the story of Grindelwald. Technically, we saw a young Dumbledore in Half-Blood Prince, which was also played by Michael Heyman. Very true. Very true. Then we'll say that uh, it's the first time <laughs> we're seeing Jude Law's. Uh, <laughs> young um, Dumbledore. I think that it seem, the movie seems too busy trying to connect itself to the already established lore so of the movie yes. than connecting directly with the first movie. Like It seems like yep. it's trying to connect to the Harry Potter stuff more than it is with the, even the first movie. With its own, with except with its own material. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is it worth the continuation of the franchise? No. No. It's, no, it's, it's not. frustratingly a disappointment. Yeah. As is, I think, this entire series. So... <laughs> All right, so before we do the future of the franchise, Woo! we, we kind of uh, we kind of rambled so much at the beginning. We don't have to talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah, we don't have a lot. So let's do some casting and some fun. Let's facts. do it. So casting. So uh, Johnny Depp signed on to play Grindelwald without seeing a script because he was a fan of Harry Potter. What a guy, huh? Too bad that backfired. <laughs> uh, the role of Nagini was originally offered to Indonesian actress Aka Septricia, who turned it down because she was pregnant. Oh, okay. That's good reason. Uh, there were reportedly several actors considered for the role of young Dumbledore. These included Richard Harris' son, Jared Harris. Interesting. Who, uh, who uh, was in Morbius. We know him from Morbius. Yes, we do. Um, uh, now, I don't, I don't. I think that there was like a fan petition more than he was actually considered. Okay, because I was. That would have been because that's already that, when you cast. Richard Harris's son. It's, you're now establishing. You're going after Richard Harris. You're going after Richard Harris, which I think is the wrong move. Yes, I do too. But but it, it would be interesting to would see. Would be interesting. Mark Strong. I love Mark Strong. Mm-hmm. He's a really good actor. That you know what? That just, that might be my choice for actor this week. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Interesting. Very interesting. I feel like here's the thing with Benedict Cumberbatch. I feel like he's done so many kind of like big roles now mm-hmm. that I'm not sure even throwing Dumbledore in there would work. Like at this point, Doctor Strange, he's got Sherlock. Yeah. He's got like all these things. And it's just he's, like, ah. He's become like. The, oh, he's he's Smog in Lord of the. In he's ha- become Hobbit, the and, generic answer to like, we need to cast somebody a little better to Cumberbatch. Like, right. And, and like so. we, need, we, need, we need a big British actor for this. Yeah. And they just kind of get him. So I'm kind of glad it's not him. And last one, I would have loved to see this as Dumbledore, Christian Bale. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> Could you imagine that? Newt! Newt, what are you doing? Yeah, that's a really, that's an intense... Newt! That is... You're in the wrong place! <laughs> what the f*** are you doing, Newt? I think we, we look at Jude Law and I ultimately think Jude Law was the right yes, choice. Ultimately, Jude Law is the right choice. But there's a world where Christian Bale specifically... Plays a young Dumbledore, but he's always got the "Think I put your name in the Goblet of Fire" energy to it, and that—that's a lot of fun. 
that would have been really cool. And I kind of want to see it. But I, <laughs> I, I, I look, I would, I would be a hundred percent in on that. You know, I'm a big Christian Bale fan. I'd be a hundred percent in on that. But I think there'd be a very specific energy to it where he wouldn't know how to turn it down. So I'm glad it was Jude Law, though. Yeah, I am too. I am. But, but Christian Bale, I'm, I'm never going to turn down Christian Bale. We're, and, we but, not so, on this podcast, no. never. Uh, so other fun facts: Jude Law had a two and a half hour long meeting with J.K. Rowling, where he was allowed to ask as many questions as he needed and received secret details about the character. As well as he watched Michael Gambon's four performances as the character to help him prepare for the role. So it's... Obviously, that makes sense. Yeah, very I mean, it, 100%. He, he, he was intentionally going for, for Michael Gambon, so it makes sense. Uh, in the Ministry of Magic, it is shown that owls are used to deliver messages. In Order of the Phoenix, it is shown that they are used they use enchanted paper airplanes to deliver messages. And Arthur Weasley tells Harry that they used to use owls, but it got messy. So it's a little nice, like, nice continuity. Nice little nod. Yeah. Yeah, see? Um, that's, see, that's a fun lore thing that yeah. I like. I'm like, that's not, it's not in your face. Yeah. Just well, a small another, little another little small detail they use, Grindelwald uses the Elder Wand throughout the film. Because he... Yes, he does. He I did notice that. He would have been the holder of that at the time. Yes, I did notice that. Uh, yeah. Because Dumbledore got it when he beat Grindelwald in the duel, yeah. Yeah, I actually didn't notice it before until I watched this movie and I saw the little bump things on it, like the yeah. little bumps it has, and I was like, oh, that's the older one. Yeah. And I went, that makes sense. Uh, the Philosopher's Stone can be seen in Nicholas Flamel's locker. I did notice that, yes. Based on the backstory and history revealed in the Harry Potter books and Pottermore series, Minerva McGonagall should not even be born, let alone already a teacher at Hogwarts during this film. Well, you know, who cares about lore? Throw it out the window. <laughs> and Dumbledore is shown teaching defense against the dark arts in the film, despite his backstory stating that he taught transfiguration. <laughs> wow, she's she's very much breaking more than <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think... I, I thought it was... I guess they chose defense against the dark arts because that's always, like, the thing. Well, I think, I you know? think he says it or somebody says... Actually, so you know why? Because uh, McGonagall's alive. She does transfiguration. <laughs> That's why. He has to do something. So they're like, oh yeah, he'll just do defense against the I dark arts. I think heart. somebody says something at some point, whether it's this movie or some another movie, about him like switching roles like i think doesn't somebody say something like oh give him another subject or something or that he was so good he could teach any subject sure sure i think that there's something like that so maybe at one point maybe he was most known as the transfiguration professor sure and he but, was just really good at it yeah, he's good at everything but, yeah well they, they've already established that he literally is good at every yeah. single thing so you can he, put him in he, any, he, any position class, yeah. yeah so i guess whatever but yeah that, that, i thought that was strange yeah uh, all right, so future of the franchise. Should there have been a sequel to this? Uh, I wouldn't want to see one, but we knew we were getting one. So I, I am interested. There's, there's, there's a world where you could do a, where it could have been better, right? There's yeah. a world where you finally just pump the brakes and you say Yates is out, Rowling's not writing the next one. Let's change things up, and the third movie's way better. There's that world. We didn't get that, but there's that world. Well, I I, I am kind of somebody. Maybe I'm a glutton for punishment, but like <laughs> I I'm kind of curious to see the original five movie plan. Like not like the yes. Hey, Crimes of Grindelwald didn't do well, so we're gonna change aspects we're gonna change or the whatever. Plan. Yeah. Because I think that what J.K. Rowling seems to be good at yeah. from the books, what we mentioned, is setting the seeds for stuff 
in the future. Yes. So I would have been interested in seeing what her plan was because I think the things that she introduced in that they are in the second movie or the third movie. I think right. they are intentional, and I think that there would have been she would have been rewarding the long game. You know, she was right. playing the long game with these these people coming back. She was, she was rewarding the the fans who were dedicated enough to to stay. Right. But I and and we get this full payoff, and I think that probably like the fifth movie would have been good, probably probably very good. I think. Right. But it's it, it's like at the same time you. I understand why the studio, whoever, would be like, hey, we're having trouble. We need to change this. Yes. You know what I mean? So I would be interested in seeing that five-movie original plan. But yeah, it is what it is. But it's after it is. this, it's like, doesn't really, it doesn't really deserve a sequel. Yeah, you know? after this, no. Uh, so what do you want to see in the future? I want to see an improved movie. I want to see a better fan. I want to see, like... What is Fantastic Beasts all about? Show me where we're going and start filling in your plot holes because plans are getting left in the dust. Characters are disappearing that never come back. Like, I just wanted a movie where we finally just explain everything to me in just this, in like two hours, two and a half hours, and just get me back on board. Show me what this series is about because right now there's no direction. No. Um, there's literally no direction. And I think the entire crux of this franchise was the finale, as we knew, was supposed to be we're leading up to the Dumbledore and Grindelwald battle. Honestly, after I watched the third movie, I'm still like, are we going to get there? Because they st- if they're planning on two more movies, I don't even know how we're going to get to this they're big battle. They're taking their time. They're yeah. taking their time. So it's it's kind of like, I don't feel like we're really rollicking ahead to this big battle. It doesn't feel like there's this build up to this thing. It just kind of feels very empty. It is what it is. I mean, it's just, that's what I, I want to see a movie where everything is explained, where I am told what this is about. Yeah. Because I have no idea where we're at by yeah. the end of this movie where I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I just watched. So maybe a movie where we clean everything up. No, it makes sense. I want to see New and Tina's relationship continue and see where that goes. Sure. Um, because I'm I'm fully invested in their relationship at this point. It's a d- shame that she's barely in the next movie. Um, what are you talking but, about? You get a little bit next week. <laughs> and even that moment's probably a highlight in that movie. Isn't, because, isn't, are you telling me that like three minutes on screen isn't enough for you? No. You want no, more? so. I don't think so. But I also want to see Queenie continue to be tempted by Grindelwald instead of instead of rushing her story. Yes. Like she should, I, I, if they made this choice for her to go in the second movie, then she should probably stay in the third movie. Sure. And I want to see more Dumbledore because I love Dumbledore. We do love Dumbledore. And of course, Jacob Claus. And of course. Uh, but what franchise star would you add to this franchise? I've been thinking about this one a lot. I think, again, you just you need that power. You need that star power. I think I said Jeff Goldblum last week, which I just want to say, great choice by me. <laughs> Um, I'm patting think, myself, I'm on the patting myself on the back of that one. I think this week, you know who I'm going to go with? I'm going to say, why don't we add maybe... Well, you seem tempted by Mark Strong. I am tempted by Mark Strong, and I think I'm going to take it. I do think I'm going to take it. I'm going to take Mark Strong, because I think that guy is so good. And he, he, he kind of had a, he's had a run where he's just popping up in movies, and he's good in every single one of them. And I'm like, yeah, put Mark Strong in there. He would fit right into the yeah. Wizarding World. Uh, how about John Boyega? Ooh, John Boyega. That's a great choice. He'd probably be miserable like he was after Star Wars. He would be because, you know, the fan reception. Although I think the fans are are more... Because the problem with Star Wars, there's a lot of race stuff there. And, you know, as we all know, uh, old Star Wars fans seem to think that Star Wars should be all white. And that's just... Insane, I can't but comprehend the fact that the Star Wizarding Wars World... fans don't seem to understand why there's colored people 
Or people of different races. I'm sorry. Why why is there a person of color in my Star Wars movie? That's just... I mean, it's insane but like but then, I, I do think but like i i think boyega would like yeah. the wizarding world more because it has always been accepting yes. from the beginning and and look not to not this isn't a star wars podcast yet but like I, the we've, one thing we've kind of touched on it a couple times i know here. but the one thing I, the one thing i want to say here is uh oh, i i so many it's, conversations it's, it's it is a race thing but also at the same time i think people are so like anything different because there was also complaints that bill burr has a boston accent why does he have a boston accent oh. is there a boston planet maybe there is maybe there is a space maybe there boston. is a boston maybe planet. there is a space boston why don't you get over it maybe there is a space boston <laughs> Okay, and I think it's great. I loved it. I, I want to go to Space Boston. I think it's great. I think it's so funny because, especially what's it, it's funny. Just very quickly, it's funny because Bill Burr has been on record as like trashing Star <laughs> Wars know. fans, and John Favreau literally went to him and said, "Do you want to do this?" And Bill Burr said to him, "He's like, you know, I like trash these fans, right?" And John Favreau was like, "That's why it's funny. <laughs> That's why we want to put you in it because it's funny." And, like, it's a great idea. And you know what? There is a Space Boston. I believe it. I believe it's out there in the galaxy right now. <laughs> Dude, if, if, if Bill Burr doesn't come back from Mandalorian 3, I'm going to riot. Oh, I'm going to riot, too. You know what they... I kept saying this. I think I think you should get Gina Carano's role. Yeah, I think you add him should, to the team. Should, yeah. I think you add him to the team. But that's just me. <laughs> You're absolutely right. She, he should get her movie or her, her show. Yeah, absolutely. You do Rangers of the New Republic in Space Boston. <laughs> Rangers of the New, Bo- the new Ra- Space Boston. <laughs> Rangers of Space Boston. <laughs> so, my friends, let's rank these films. So, we have a two films. So, what yes. do you think is number two? The Crimes of Grindelwald. Number one. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It feels weird just saying where to find them, yeah. so I like to say yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's really that's, that's it. It's I mean, that's really it. Yeah, <laughs> and like, like I said, like you know, before we close this up, I do want to address, like, like I said, I know, I know, I was kind of uh, disgruntled after the first movie, <laughs> and I stand by. I I think that they're like, like I said, I kind of try to explain myself, but I can talk about it here real quick too. Is I think my biggest thing is that. I did have fond memories of the first Fantastic Beast movie. Sure. And and everybody's like, oh, it is it is the best movie. And it is it probably look, we haven't gotten uh, Secrets of Dumbledore, we haven't gotten to it yet, but yeah. like there's almost no way that we walk out I'm, of here and I don't put that look, as number one. You sure. know what I mean? I think we know how we feel about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I mean I think you kind of even said it like last, last uh, like during the Harry Potter retrospective. Yeah, we know how but, we feel. But um, I just think that because I had these expectations and I forgot how bogged down in the lore was yeah. and the things like like I like we we were obviously had fun with the John Voight thing, but like that is just a perfect example of like things that do not need to be in these movies. Like she just seems J.K. Rowling seems to be so like overzealous with with what she wants to do with right. with these films. She gets a of herself yeah and, and i think that i think that maybe maybe we're spoiled maybe because there there's no books to look at and be like oh well well I, i'm just gonna call him john void because i don't even know his character's name but like <laughs> oh john void is in the first book and he comes back in the fifth book right and it's a setup and like i can't i can't look at these and go well i i know because i read the books that right. he's he's gonna come back you know what i mean and maybe maybe that's us being like wanting uh, grat- instant gratification or you know wanting to get the results too quickly you right, know what i mean right. i don't know i just think that she should maybe you should do one movie at a time right. and not worry about 
when you start not worry about well I have to include this in one because then I, I want to include this in five you know what I mean right. and like maybe we should just do let's make one and and then I can take elements of one and do it for two yeah. and same thing for three and four and five Agreed. and I think that she's like no 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 I know where this is going to go I need to include this because in right. five John Boyd is now the big bad and he's actually Grunewald's right hand man <laughs> right, right. I don't know right. and who's to say that wasn't the plan but because we, and we don't know that so we, it's like Oh, where are you going with this? Yeah. And, you know, maybe that is the case, but I, I don't know. I think a lot it's, of this... It's hard because this is a continuation of a franchise that was... Or a spinoff of a franchise that was books. But these were not books. These aren't books. But or, like, I mean, the besides problem, the, the textbook, the actual textbook. I mean, textbook. the problem is that this just isn't digestible for a, a yeah. general audience. Yeah. I mean, and these movies need to be. I mean, you can't release a giant, big-budget film like yeah. this... And only write it for a specific audience. Yeah. That's that's kind of like it, it's just it, it doesn't work that way. Like you need to make this film accessible for everybody, especially if if you're releasing if uh, you're releasing this in theaters. If this was an HBO Max release, I would understand that more because I would be like, oh, okay, then at least they at least they're gearing it towards those people, right? At least they're gearing it towards the diehard fans. Yeah, that would make sense. But it's the fact that. They put this in theaters for everybody, yeah. and people are walking out confused, going like, "What did I just watch?" Well, and, like and, it just it, it's it's not digestible for anybody. And I know that not every movie needs to be for every audience. I'm no, no, not, no. I agree with you. But it like, doesn't that doesn't need to be the case? No. But there needs to be a story there that at least a, an audience can be engaged. Well, in. you look at something like uh, you know, unbearable weight of massive talent, or or even uh, and I haven't uh, seen this yet, but like everything, everywhere, all at once, mm-hmm. which very. Clearly, very clearly yeah. not, and I've heard wonderful things. I've seen Unbearable Weight. We were there. We saw that together. But, yes. but uh, I have not seen um, everything everywhere all at once. But you've told me, and everybody I've listened to is, uh, has told me it's incredible. And it seems to be doing surprisingly, or did surprisingly well at the box office. Well, it, it's A24's highest grossing movie. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, that's not going to, uh, that movie's not going to be making uh, Marvel money. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or whatever. Like, it's not a generally accepted, it's not going to be generally accepted because it is a broad concept and right. the people who are into it are going you know I like I can see me watching that movie and my wife walking walking by going what the hell is this right like what the hell are you watching you know what I mean and that's fine I think that's fine but like when you are looking to make 700 800 900 million dollars right with your movies, when they put a when they put a box office or a, sorry a budget of two hundred million dollars into this, and and we always talked about or we've talked about before that supposedly the marketing budget is also equally the same as the the, the production budget. Sure. So that's you're probably sinking four hundred million dollars into this movie. Right. Yeah. Then you're looking for a big thing. Then you have to make that accessible for for general audience. I agree. Everything everywhere all at once knows that they're not going to make that much money because they know that not every single person is going to want to see that or going to understand what their movie is. Right. But J.K. Rowling and and Warner Brothers are hoping that just every anybody who likes Harry Potter has seen a Harry Potter movie is going to want to go to Fantastic Beasts. But it's not accessible. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's not accessible. Yeah. So agreed. Yeah. You're shunning your audiences. You're you, shunning. You are everybody. shunning the audience. Yeah. Well, my friend. Is you have anything it? else you want to say? I really don't have much else as far as closing comments are concerned. I, I really just want to say, like, this is a disappointing watch overall. I mean, it really is. This is a disappointing watch. And, you know, I hope because I feel like we definitely rambled a lot on this one. But it it's it's a messy podcast for a messy movie. And this kind of happens to us whenever we have really bad movies that are messy. We end up kind of just rambling a lot. Yeah. But, it, but it matches what the movie is. And it's just not – to me, it, it's just 
no good. Yeah. Like, it's not good enough, you know? Yeah. It needs to be better than this, and the game needs to be opt- and there needs to be new blood. There needs to be fresh blood. And I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm kind of curious for next week when we do Secrets of Dumbledore because I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. Because, again, we, we haven't seen it since theaters, so maybe this watch is going to be a little bit more difficult for well, me. But I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to fall where I fell the first time. Yeah. Like, kind of, you know, where, where we fell. I don't want to reveal anything, but where we fell. But I think it's I, I I'm still really curious to watch it now that we're kind of doing these in order. Well, I'll, I'll just say I mean I'll just say it I because it's not I'm not going to get into it, but I th- I think that our general consensus that I think that we looked at each other afterwards and said that the first half of the movie was really boring. Yes, was was was, was kind of like that, and the second half very much picked up and was the more entertaining, was more entertaining. Engaging. Yes. So uh, I wonder if that is how we still feel, you know, yes. you know how we I'm wondering feel, if we'll so. still feel that way. Cause there, there's literally a moment in the movie where they get to Hogwarts and then we go, Oh, and the movie changes. <laughs> um, and that's when it really picks up. But it's kind of one of those things where I'm just curious to see how we're going to feel about it. Because um, I, I feel like we kind of already, I, I don't think much is going to change. I think we have our, we've known our rankings going yeah. into this. Like there was no question with this one, but like, you know, curious to watch it. I want to see where yeah. we fall next week. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, really interested in revisiting this one since look, we saw it in April. We're, we're uh, inching closer to uh, what's coming next, and you know that that is going to bring me so much joy. So. I know we have literally we just have to do secrets, <laughs> and then we have to do the Fantastic Beast retrospective, which, which I don't think is going to be that big, bad. No. I think it's going to go pretty quickly. Um, four hours. <laughs> I will not be here four hours talking about that <laughs> franchise. You have you have me for one. <laughs> um, I could probably do it. In we one. could probably do it in one. And look, but, um, we like to talk, but we could probably we do could that probably in one. we could probably shorten it, but. Um, um, for uh, all I'm going to say is I'll say this very excited for the announcement of the Fantastic Beast retrospective we actually get to announce yes a brand new franchise that's a couple weeks away but we're very excited to announce this again I think I said this a few weeks ago but uh, you know it's still summer yes it is and there's a, another theme coming yeah. your way and I mean you know yeah it, it's it's something we've been wanting to do for a, a long time so uh, okay. alright well, well lead us out my friend alrighty pal uh, that brings us to an to the end of the episode thank you for listening thank you Tony and we appreciate everybody for their support you can find us on Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Google Podcasts and more you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FranchiseMePod you can see all of our rankings on Letterboxd just search FranchiseMe one word and you can send us an email at FranchiseMePod at gmail.com give us a rating or review on apple podcasts give us your feedback so we can get better each week uh, also check out our bonus series a year in franchises where we where each episode we break down all of the franchise movies in a year don't forget to check our website franchisingpodcast.com where you can see all of our episodes <sighs> next week join us as all of the secrets will finally finally be revealed as we discuss fantastic beasts the secrets of dumbledore can't wait <laughs>